Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Hotline League. It is raining Los Angeles, and there's been no League of Legends, so it's going to be an interesting episode because, uh, you know, two two unusual things are happening on this episode for this Monday. But let me go ahead and introduce my co-host, which is Cubby. Cubby, how are you doing? I'm good. Uh, also staying dry, but... Um... We, we did have challenges running this weekend, so I was keeping busy, and uh, I don't know, excited to sit down with these guys, and, um, uh, you know, uh, definitely a staff that I feel like has outkicked the coverage where we expected them to be, so I, I think it's a good chance for everyone to kind of ask them what's going on in their camps. No, I think it's going to be a very good yeah. one. I will ask really quickly, so are there more weeks of challengers than there are LCS weeks now because of uh, all this giant gap? Uh, yeah, and we play remote, so we don't need the studio. So, you know, we're fine. Uh, we have an eight-week season, uh, single round robin, best of threes. Um, so we're five-eighths through our season. <laughs> wow. Yeah. All right, well, so we keep going. fantastic uh, thing to hear that yeah. we now have more. I, they should have advertised that a little bit more. They should have been like, yo, you can watch Challengers. We, we made an ad. We, we, we ran an ad, uh, and LCS retweeted it, uh, but I think the Fly Show match was advertised more than that, which was also fun and for a good cause, so yeah. Yeah, and you were you were brought, you were were casting that, right, or working it? Yep. Nice. Yep. Cool. Well, let's introduce our guests for the evening. We have more of them than I think we've ever had before on the show, uh, so much so that they're squeezing into boxes, but we gave Golden Glue his own box because he's got his guns out tonight, and we need to make sure that he's got space for those. Uh, Golden Glue is here. Golden Glue, how's it going? It's good, man. Yeah, letting uh, letting letting my body breathe. Thank you for uh, <laughs> for shouting that out. Letting, letting my breathe. body breathe, he says, as his introduction to the episode. What is yep. your uh, for those who have not been keeping up with you? What are you doing these days? Yeah, so I'm the head coach for Hundred Thieves LCS. Um, previously, I was the coach and GM for DSG last split when we won. Um, and yeah, just been just been coaching League of Legends. Nice. Uh, all right. And speaking of hundred thieves, we have our next guest up, Joseph. Joseph, how's it going? Uh, I'm doing good. I don't have my guns out like Grayson, but doing good. Yeah, fantastic. Do you want to tell everybody what your role is at Hundred Thieves? Yeah. So I'm a general manager for Hundred Thieves LCS. Uh, been at this company since like franchising, and uh, just very excited to be here today because I think. Uh, we share the sentiment, but I think the fans do too. Like we're super happy about this roster and how it's doing. So really excited to get a chance to talk about that a little bit. Yeah, outperforming a lot of expectations, uh, and I'm sure a lot of people will call in either way uh, to talk about that. And then finally, we have Spooks returning the show. How's it going, Spooks? Going well, going well. Been uh, been grinding hard lately. So yeah. And what is your role at Hundred Thieves? I am the strategic coach. Uh, I was previously the head coach of Golden Guardians before our obvious little little situation. <laughs> our uh, obvious we, little we, situation. We, we've moved on. We've so moved on. What happened? Okay, what happened for you in the off season? Because you know, I don't think you've done, or maybe if you have, I haven't caught any interviews or whatever about how you ended up over at Hunter T. Yeah. So um, obviously. Off season was pretty brutal. Like, we kept getting a lot of information on the Golden Guardian side that it was going to work, and then it wasn't going to work, and then it was going to work. So it was really hard to like figure out my personal situation. Um, but I kind of like late in the off season, I was fortunate enough to 
get an opportunity with 100 thieves um so yeah uh that's kind of it did they they reach out to you or how joseph did you reach out to spooks as a means of saving him uh, I mean, I think when the Gigas thing blew up, we were definitely interested. But for the coaches, it was mostly just Grayson making sure yeah. like he had a candidate that was like a really good fit for him because I think that's just like the most important. Nice. Okay, so yeah. so Grayson, you were you were the one that pulled Spooks in. Yeah, I think it was like almost day one uh, when I got the Golden Guardians news. I just called up Sam and got like the update from his situation, and I pretty much knew I wanted to work with him already. Uh, we were like just at the beginning of starting uh, applications for our assistant coach, and to me it was like it was kind of a no-brainer to pick up Sam. And it basically told him almost the first call was like, "If you want it, it's yours." Uh, obviously, he had to figure out uh, his situation, but worked out. Yeah, awesome. Uh, well, super cool to have all three of you on. It's the first time we've ever had. Uh, three folks on, I believe, at the same time, at least for an entire episode. So it's really cool to to have this happen. And shout out to Joseph for reaching out to me uh, a couple of weeks ago and just saying like, "Hey, we'd love to do this, especially during the break." Uh, I love to see that. I wish more people were, you know, realizing that doing content and doing all this stuff is a great way to get information out there and get uh, sort of the fans the ability to connect with the the industry and the world and the league and all this stuff. So it's been. Uh, really cool to have uh, this episode coming up. But before we get into calls, let's circle back on everything that has happened in competitive League of Legends in North America in the past week. Cubby, what do we got? What happened this past week in competitive LCS news? Oh, I you said LCS. I was I was prepped. I no, I knew I knew what you were gonna oh. try to do, so I oh, um, I qualified it. Um. FlyQuest raised $8,000 for charity in their show match, and that's about it. <laughs> I mean, good good to do, but uh, yeah, it has been a kind of a weird week without anything. How what are you guys? How are you all spending this break? How are the teams spending it? Because I don't think a lot of people know about this. Um, I think it's different for each team. I think some teams took up to like four or five days off uh, immediately. I think some teams only took one day off, like the normal one-day break. For us, we were kind of in the middle. We took three days off, and now we're back to kind of a normal schedule. Um, today was our off day. Uh, tomorrow's like a pseudo day off. We have more content we're doing. Um, but for the most part, like most of the teams are just grinding and practicing, and I think everyone's just trying to find out how to keep the practice as like competitive or as serious as possible when you're not playing for like three weeks. It's always a bit, bit, bit more difficult. Yeah, is that... Also, oh, go ahead. I was, I was just going to say, we're also on a new patch, so... Yeah. Uh, we're on the the fourteen four grind, which honestly, playing on new patch for LCS is pretty exciting. Especially as a coach, kind of gives you like a like something more than you have in the past to to work on and help work with players on. So, um, it's kind of been a blessing from a coach point of view. I would say. Have teams and scrim partners been not great about staying focused when there's a giant gap? Golden glue. I mean, I think I think it's just uh, I don't think there's anyone specifically that comes to mind uh, that's like, oh, these guys just aren't trying. Uh, I just think it's like it's a bit harder when you have three weeks of practice and until the regular season game. You know, it's different when you're practicing for playoffs because it's like pretty high pressure and you know, like every 
like practice game matters but when it's like three weeks until a regular season it just feels like really arbitrary um but i think like sam said because it is a new patch uh it actually works out pretty well because we just get to experiment pretty freely with like new champions that they buff and nerf and um i think we're definitely um you know using the time to the most i, I will say some teams we've scrimmed it feels like they're just scrimming on the same patch like they're not trying yeah. anything new starting in week one i'm just like what are you guys doing? Like, there's like three weeks of a new patch. Like, don't do your stage draft three weeks before match. Like, try new stuff, you know. But yeah, uh, that's that's pretty much it. Interesting. Well, at least it gives you a, a controlled variable to experiment with, which is all the stuff for the previous patch. Uh, all right. So, for those who have not been paying attention to LCS recently, how, Joseph, what position is Hundred Thieves in? We're in second place. Sole possession totally. of second yeah, place. Yeah, sole possession. Exactly where we predicted ourselves to be, obviously, <laughs> in the preseason. So, Really? You guys did, you didn't, you weren't ambitious enough to predict first place? <sighs> no, I think we had to, like, give ourselves, like, you know, it's like we always want to, like, uh, you know, kind of, uh, like, do small promises and over-deliver. So yes, I think first okay. place would have been a little too much. C- C9 was in first place. Yes. Oh, yeah. okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. So. And they're not currently in, in first place, which I'm sure we will talk about some on this episode, especially because the last episode, if folks didn't get a chance to see it, we had Revenge on uh, who was talking. We, we didn't get to talk as much about the state of the LCS because of the fact that uh, we were talking a lot about his retirement and sort of the, that whole situation. So I'm excited to dive in this time. Uh, Cubby, where did you rank 100 Thieves at the start of the season in your power rankings? Uh, Where is um, that also second? Item last in D tier, which would uh, put them at eighth. Nice. So, <laughs> you had us at eighth? Shocked. I did have you guys at eighth. Wow. That's sick. Okay. <laughs> you, you and a lot of other people. Sorry. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't take it personally. It is what it is. Oh, what? it's fine. But but most people did have you guys in the bottom three, I think, right? Mm-hmm. It was kind of Immortals, Shopify, you all? Yeah. 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 What? All right. Well, let's let, we'll, we'll get into some calls here in a second. But, Cubby, if you want to, if you have any questions or anything you want to dive in Ooh. on with them, especially on, like, roster building or what these first couple weeks are before we get into those calls, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Um. I actually, like, kind of have one. Just we haven't had a GM on here uh yet and so i actually kind of wanted to ask you joseph like i know like how much different was this off season for you as a gm ecosystem wise because like money was down obviously teams left late um like what kind of new challenges were you faced with this off season as a gm with figuring out like uh your team because i i know that also 100 thieves i don't know how public they were with like you know at least shrinking things lcs side i think nation like was bringing up a little bit that you know things weren't going to be as big as they were in the past but like how was your offseason different kind of going into this just given what the ecosystem was like oh it was it was very different um i think for context uh for people who haven't seen hundred thieves roster builds in the past um i think with every new team that enters into a franchise it's usually like very very excited owners that have basically like a blank check and their way of like trying to engage with the community is like trying to put a roster that is able to be competitive right from the get-go right and you saw that with eg when they entered you see that with like FlyQuest with their you know super roster last year um so we were always like competitively like top five and spend 
Um, and I think we were pretty transparent about how the ecosystem was last year and how much our budget was shrinking. Um, that compounded with just like how the entire ecosystem um, was just like kind of going down, not just in League, but in other esports. Like we, this is like a very different off season um, because usually it's like, let's go through our scouting processes, rank all the players, power rank them, and then just like, you know, figure out all the roster permutations and see which ones give us the best results. Uh, whereas this year, it's like, okay, you know, I don't want to say like we're immortals or anything, but it's like, okay, now we're in like a similar situation where our budgets are like similar to these bottom spending teams. And now we're faced with very, very similar challenges. Um, so, you know, what are the learnings that we can take away from roster builds uh, that those teams have at attempted in the past? And what can we do differently? Um, and I think... The biggest conviction that I had to stay true to this offseason was like, if you're not like priced into winning right now, um, you have to be willing to take risks. Uh, because I don't think anyone wants to see like a roster that has like a middling ceiling as like the roster you want to push forth when you're not in a position to win. Because um, the way I think about it is like, we are very clearly an entertainment industry, right? Um, and all winning really does is it, it like puts like light onto like your product and your product being the team. And if your product isn't interesting, no matter how much you win, like no one's going to support that team and it's not going to be a product that people are excited about. So what can we do? Uh, what's the product that people will be excited about? And what are, what is something that will have like values that the community will really align with? Um, so for us, I think we were very, very set on like taking really big bets. Um, and that's one of the main reasons why my first signing in this offseason was Grayson. Um, it, funnily enough, you know, this like offseason was very, very hectic. Like people like Licorice became available, right? People like Zven became available. And those guys, I would say, are like very, very, very good players in their roles. Um, and e even given our budget, like those were options available to us. So I think that just goes as a testament to show like how strong we were to our convictions. Cause I think like teams like Immortals in the past or other like lower budget teams probably were in very similar situations where like, we can just sign Licorice or we can just sign these other players. Why don't we just go ahead and do that? Um, and I'm very excited to see some of our like bets, um, you know, kind of coming to light this early on, like kudos to all the coaches. They've been doing a fantastic job. But I think that's why like this roster is just so exciting for us um, because, yeah, we just took really, really big bets. And I, I think that's how teams that if they don't have, um, you know, the budget, you know, to like win this current year, that's what they should do. And they should try to itemize to, you know, try to enter into a championship window by taking these bets into the future. Why do you think it is that you, because you are obviously not the first team to try to do something that is like more budget, more growth. I think we've seen varying levels of this, right? Like Dig and Immortals for years have run, but uh, teams that were probably below the spend of a lot of others. We saw Golden Guardians do kind of like a hybrid thing. Obviously, they were spending a little bit more maybe, but than those teams, but it was sort of a, hey, we're not going to get the big names that everyone's going to expect. We're going to get the players that we think we can surprise folks with. And then they did find success with it. Uh, but even then, it took them a long time to get there, it feels like. So why do you think it is that, you know, despite these other teams having tried and failed in most instances, you guys have been able to get going right out the gate? 
Yeah, so I think, uh, just candidly, the advantage that 100 Thieves and other, like, uh, top-tier brands have other uh, against other orgs is, like, when you're a player, right, and you're going through the offseason, you have all these team options, what are the most important things about making a decision, right? It's, like, obviously compensation, like, what is your overall salary package, like, benefits, and then secondly is, like, who are you playing with, right? Those are the two most important things, but, like, the third X factor that a lot of people don't take into consideration is like the brand value um so i think hundred thieves has a really cool like, ecosystem outside of league uh we have really bought in owners we have just like a lot of cool apparel and we're a very like functional healthy company um and we have like a reputation for you know doing well in a lot of esports so that's like a huge advantage that i think um that i don't take for granted like if i offered the same roster same package to the same player and if I was another team in the league, I'm not going to name names, like, I think a lot of my propositions would have gotten turned down. So I think that's one of the very unique positions that, you know, if you're, if you're an org that has had, you know, success in the past, that is one leverage point that you have over these players. Uh, so I think that's pretty much the biggest uh, selling point. Um, and I think with teams shrinking down two spots, that was also a huge advantage point for us, right? Um, like the kind of the supply and demand of like there's fewer slots but more players available so um, we just got honestly extremely lucky um, obviously Grayson talked about how great a pickup Spooks was but I don't know if this roster would have been functional without River uh, like he is such a such a core part of it and you know I I think one of my biggest concerns just wasn't Sniper because Everyone was like hyping him up on social media of like he's like the next prodigy, and internally, what well, we were like, holy shit, this guy has a lot of work to do. Like he's not going to be as good as everyone thinks, but mm -hmm. he's honestly surprised us. Um, and I think the other piece is like Quid. That one was like a really, really, I would say even like from us internally, it was a risky decision, just because if like when we scout players, we look at all their um, you know scrim games, stage games, and we have like a very, very thorough. Uh, inspection process but his his summer games were pretty bad um so i think uh when we scouted him before summer split uh we just we just saw so much potential and obviously the environment and you know just there's a lot of things wrong with summer split uh so it just didn't feel right when we felt like we did all the research and we found like we found the right player and especially given like how dominant river's been in the league and his like bilingual uh like skill set with like quid has just really really brought him online so i would say like sniper really really performing um, above expectations and us finally getting like the version of quid that we scouted for is like one of the primary components of why this like roster is doing so well yeah yeah it's awesome i don't know Kobe, if you have any other quick questions or if we should just hop <clears throat> into calls uh no that was really the big one uh thanks for like a really thorough answer i yeah i it's been really fun seeing I, I knew sniper was a fast learner just like because he came through our ecosystem but i've also been really pleasantly surprised with like how quickly he is like really actually taken to the stage coach that's why he's sniper is a yeah. fast learner what do you guys think about that yeah he can be sometimes. he can be oh he can be <laughs> all right all right he, okay i will the thing about sniper is that he's like for a young guy his mindset is so like is really really solid like <laughs> Mm -hmm. yeah he he's really confident well he takes he gets a lot of feedback like when i say yeah. a lot of feedback like 
This guy is getting grilled 24-7 yeah. every single day, every single review. Uh, he takes it like a champ, um, and he's constantly working on the things that people give him. That's his, that's his, not his biggest strength. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Joseph, your webcam is kind of going weird. I don't know. You can put your hand in front of it. That usually resets it. Um, yeah, the autofocus sometimes is kind of weird. All right. Well, hey, uh, I think we have a whole lot of fun stuff to get into tonight. So, Cubby, do you want to go grab our first caller? Yeah. I don't think we need the uh, spiel because I see we already have some folks. In we do. There. Yeah. Oh, uh, we could use some more though. So, if you do want to participate, uh, you can go to discord.gg/travis or type explanation mark discord in the chat. Tag me with your takes. Make sure you tag me and not the role because the role tags uh, Mark Z too, and I don't think he wants notifications tonight. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, if it takes good, we'll pull you, and then you get a chance to talk with the 100 Thieves crew. Uh, should be a lot of fun. So, yeah. I sure. will hop I have up fixed and grab it. First you, Mark is no longer has the same role as you anymore. He, All right. He, he's lost that access. Thank you for flagging it. Uh, and by the way, if you are a sub, first off, thank you for being a sub. Doing so actually really helps, uh, especially in these trying esports winter times. My budget has probably shrunk even more than Joseph's did in the offseason. Um... And, uh, and you can get access to the subtopics chat where it does move a little bit slower. And so you can put your take there. And that is uh, another great way to get on the show. So uh, thank you to all of our subs. Cubby, you want to go grab? Oh, Cubby's already off to grab the first caller. So thank you to, in the meantime, uh, the Catman for gifting up five subs. Asolb, uh, Mr. Dr. Enchilada, uh, Ketosa, uh, Sour Eggs for the One Year, MBR for Life, uh, Apple Thief, Hust Bust, Numi Goes Rars, and EMBW. Thank you all for the subs. We got Ezra here. Ezra, where are you calling from? Hey, uh, Travis. I'm calling from around Tampa, Florida. Nice. What do you want to talk about on the show? Okay, so my take for the show is that 100 Thieves success is a great example of how coaching staff plays a huge role in a team's success and that organizations focus too much on individual players over their coaching staff. Awesome. Do you want to elaborate a little bit on this? Yeah, so I think the big things to take away are part of our or part of your discussion with uh, Revenge even last week, talking about some of Cloud9's current problems and how small their coaching staff is for this year, um, and how amazing teams like Energy did last year, and a lot of them credited it to having individual positional coaches and just one of the biggest coaching staffs, and then of course with. Um, Golden Glue and a hundred thieves coaching staff on tonight. It kind of also shows that I think a lot of people undervalued hundred thieves going into the split. And not to say any of the players aren't amazing or really good at their roles, but I think a coaching staff really gives direction to a team. So rather than just throwing to you, Joseph, and letting you be like, "Yeah, coaches are great," and I'm sandwiched between two of them right now on the show. Um, <laughs> I think, <laughs> let me ask you, where where are the limits of coaching, right? So obviously you ended up picking up two great uh, coaches. You've given credit to both of them already. You know, where where can coaches help versus where where it does it come down just to the roster? Oh, wow. So, okay, no, no, I'm not going to take anything away from the coach, <laughs> obviously. But uh, my uh, philosophy for a competitive success in the year over the years has been um, basically 50% of your success comes down in the off season. Um, and I think that just comes down to 
you know, correct player selection and then making sure the coaching staff has buy-in with those players. Um, so I think his point is totally correct. Like when we built rosters in the past, we are very much like figuring out who scored the highest in each of these like player categories. And we just like rank these players like uh, zero to hundred basically. Um, and we just choose some players with the highest score and then hand them a paycheck and we call it a day. Um, but I think I've over the years have really undervalued like um, like a culture being a really big thing. And honestly, I've worked with Grayson before on Earthies Academy, um, and I think that was one of the main reasons why he was such an attractive candidate. Uh, he has like just a really good grasp on like the personal slash emotional side of like just connecting as like people, um, and I think that's just like a really important quality with uh, any roster, but rookies primarily. Uh, because there's just a lot of like challenges with the psychology of like playing on stage for the first time, nerves, and then I just think he has like a really good background of being like a North American player that's hopped between like the challengers and LCS ecosystem as well. Uh, so I think that that was like one of the main highlights. Uh, and I think when it comes to like roster synergy, that's also something I <laughs> didn't really value in the past to be honest. Uh, and I think if you look at look at Mad Lions as well, like. You can argue that they don't have like the best individual players in their roles, but I think one of the reasons why they're succeeding is they brought like a culture and a roster that was already like functional um, in another ecosystem up like all together, right? So I think that was also one of the reasons why like Meech is also picking up pretty quickly in the LCS, uh, is because he already has like a pretty solid relationship with Grayson, and I think he has like a really safe environment where people are allowed to like fail. And I think that's like the main thing that the coaches have really fostered well in this environment is like um, they know that we're like kind of like the underdogs. And if you look at our games, there's a lot of fighting, there's a lot of throwing, and it's very, very exciting. But I think that is because the players aren't afraid to fail. I think with a lot of veteran rosters, it's like they go on stage, they're playing not to lose. Um, and these guys, they're like playing to win. Like it's every day at the LCS is like a new, exciting, bright day. It's not like just another day at the job. And I think that kind of energy is also like super viral. Um, so yeah, I think coaches, um, just the culture aspect, I think that's something that the, these guys have really brought that I've really, really undervalued in the past. Yeah. Uh, Grayson, question for you. I mean, <clears throat> if the caller is correct and coaching staff is hugely important and, and it brings about a, a ton of success to a team, then the inverse is true, right? If a team starts to fail, a lot of that is also on the coaching staff. And so I, <laughs> I'm kind of curious, you know, like if if the team starts to struggle, is that on you and your crew? Or because you can't, you, you kind of have to have both, right? In a world where coaches are incredibly important, then they have huge impacts on both success and loss. And so how much is it, you know, coaches whenever the team starts to struggle? Uh, I mean, so I think to what Joe was saying earlier about like, uh, you know, how important the off season is, I think Joe did a really good job of like really giving me a lot of power and control of like building the kind of culture, the roster and the coaching staff that I saw to be that I thought would be successful. Uh, I don't think every team is like that. Sometimes like teams already have like a lot of players already locked in and sometimes like coaches actually join like after the team's already built. So I think it is like kind of on a case by case basis. Um, and I think one of the reasons that we're able to be so effective is because 
when I was when when Joe picked me up, basically we only had sniper, uh, and like Quid was like a probably we'll probably keep him, but not for sure. So we really got to like handpick a roster that I thought would work well with the pieces we already had, and also people that like I really wanted to work with, and I think that I could see succeeding. So yeah, I mean I think it's fair to give uh, coaching staff like if they fail when uh, like you let the coach basically build a roster and be like hey this is i want this roster i think this is like why it's gonna work and if it doesn't work then it's like yeah that idea was maybe bad and then it could be the coach's fault and obviously like uh you know i think the, the one thing that i was saying was hearing about joe that i just want to kind of emphasize too is that i think the coolest stat i've ever seen and that makes me more proud than any other like being second place or whatever is that we have like the bloodiest games of any team in any region I think that's the fucking coolest stat ever. Um, and it just, like, it gives... It, it also makes me feel that, like, what me and Sam are saying is, is being heard. Because uh, I... We do tell them, like, we I, we want them to take risks. Like, I don't care if they go up there and look like an idiot. I want them to go up there and look stupid. Like, be willing to look stupid. Uh, because when you're too uptight, and, that you know, I could definitely see... Like, Quid was a very, like, serious guy the very first few matches on stage. Then he kind of like flipped a switch and he was just like, I'm just gonna, I like, I figured it out. I'm just gonna, I, I don't care anymore. I'm just gonna play how I like, how I know I can play, I guess, if that makes sense. Um, and not worry about like making a mistake. And once you feel that kind of, it's kind of like you, you're just like unlocked. Um, so I do think coaching staff can be helpful and like relieving that pressure for a player because there's already so much pressure on all the guys. And I know Spooks has felt that as a player, I felt it as a player. Like, you don't need your coaching staff to, like, always be putting more coal in the fire on the on the pressure department. So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess to get back to, I kind of went on a tangent, but coaches can be blamed for losses, for sure. Yeah, like, especially bad drafts. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I think, like, one thing that I, I just, like, want to chip in that I think goes into this is that I do think over time, like, Having so many coaches now that are ex-players, like, I think has created, like, more valuable coaches. Just, like, as we've gone throughout time, right? Like, you're, more people have figured out, like, okay, these are people that can lead young people. Like, these are people that can relate to, like, the gamers we have coming up. And then, not just that, but the people that are successful in the role get to continue to do it, right? And so they also get better themselves professionally. Um, and I think that's something that, like, has also somewhat played, like, had an impact on the region, like, how coaching has evolved, too. Like... I, I think, like, the last few years, there's been, like, a real, like, a much bigger push to be, like, hey, like, you know, can we support all the players we have on the team rather than, like, hey, what players do we have, right? I, I kind of get that sense more from, like, community sentiment of, like, hey, like, what are all the pieces that are going into this, right? Which I appreciate because I think that whatever you have in the building matters, right? Um, so, yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's that's really well said. I don't know, Spooks, if you have anything that you want to throw in here. I know we just kind of talked around you about on the topic yeah, of coaches. Um, I think ultimately, like, yeah, your your job as a coach, you you have to take accountability for when your team's not performing, because like, how you set up every single day from the start of the season is going to affect your players and how they perform. So, I mean, who else is it going to fall on if it, if it doesn't fall on the players and the coaching stuff? Like, we're just going to push it aside. So, um, yeah, you have to take accountability when, when it's not going well for sure. Yeah. Do you do any of the three of you think that other LCS teams undervalue coaching staff? Um, I mean, I feel like 
hearing, seeing Hunter T overperform expectations and overperform kind of, and I mean no offense to the players, but the players and the, the roster and hearing a lot of people talk about coaching as a part of that. You know, we had Revenge on. He was hyping you up a ton last week, Golden Glue. And then we see last year NRG with their army of coaches uh, again overperform expectations. Do you do you the three of you think that other teams in the league undervalue coaches that perhaps spending less on the players and more on the coaching staff would lead them to better competitive success? I do. I do think on the point of like <clears throat> having coaches with pro player experience is like really important. Which is why I feel like you see a lot of teams that with the individual coaches having more success, because um, to be I think what tends to happen is when you have coach who hasn't got pro player experience, they look at the game through like you look at the game through spectator vision with perfect information, um, and you struggle to really understand what a player is thinking, and so it's hard to give good feedback on that. Um, which is why yeah, I think it's really important. Um, to have that kind of uh, set up. And I, I think it helps a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I would, I agree. I just think that uh, like coaches can make a bigger impact. And I think as like, you know, Spooks and myself and like mature ass coaches, right? Cause we're still like relatively new to coaching in general. Like I've been a coach for like two and a half years, three years, which is like still like kind of new, uh, in my opinion, like, I, I do feel like I've improved a lot over the last like two and a half years. But I think once you get pro players experience, like racking up times, uh, racking up experience as a coach, uh, you can definitely have a really big impact. And um, I definitely do think a lot of teams don't maybe spend enough time making sure that they're picking up the right coach for the culture that they want to build. Yeah. Hey, thanks so much, Caller. Do you think that we uh, accurately answered or addressed your thoughts on the coaching side? Yeah, no, I think you all covered it really well. And I just wanted to say I really appreciate all the really great coaches out there. Awesome. Hey, thanks so much thanks, for the call. Man. Anything nice. you want to shout thanks. out? Uh, yeah, shout out 100T coaching staff since they're on your show tonight. Uh, shout out the other people that agree to come on your show because I know you've said it's been hard to find people. Um to come on the show and shout out uh just shout out you travis for running hot Light league we all appreciate it yeah Thanks. thank you so much for the call and, and shout out shout out to you for calling and all the other callers so thank you so much for your time bye catch you next time awesome a wholesome guy i know yeah i, can, yeah. I know i'm I feeling know. so positive right now yeah yeah, yeah. that's some uh, dopamine for you guys yeah we're we're starting off with that one so that whenever covey pulls one soon that's going to talk about how shit you guys are you are let's go you're in a much I'm better ready. place you're hyped up for it okay uh covey you want to go grab the next color yeah shout out to uh let's see we got spud tugger qtc qtc's god above the ocean tox fire and pp doc for one year it says that we just hit a thousand uh, subs on Twitch, but then on Twitch, on the back end for Twitch, it tells me that we're at 996. But regardless, thank you everybody for uh, your subs. That is awesome. Uh, also, shout out to over on YouTube, Nino for becoming a member, Josh, Joshua Lippelman for the $10 super chat, and then Matt Olson. Thank you for becoming a member as well. Thanks, everybody. We got Cubby coming back here in just a second, joining us with the 100T coaching and management staff. We've got Master Gen 1. Master Gen, where are you calling from? 
I'm actually calling from Jamaica. Jamaica, awesome. Are oh, you do you sure. live there or is that are you visiting? No, I actually live here. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Uh I've never been to Jamaica. I would really like to visit sometime, but always great to hear from somebody who's not calling from the 50 states. What do you want to talk about on the show? So my take is that um, even though we've we've been on Live Patch for since the opening of the season, we haven't seen any real innovation from any of the teams. We've pretty much seen only the same things that we've seen from LPL or LCK. They're just mirroring the same thing. And even though there has been sort of innovations from some of the coaches and their teams, you can see where some of the quote-unquote frauds are getting called out now because they can't really keep up with the newer with the newer meta that we're pushing right now. Who are the frauds in your in your estimation? NRGC9. Okay, NRGC9. All right. So let's address two sides here. One, the frauds, and two, the <laughs> to the situation with uh, not enough innovation. Before I throw it to the Hunter T folks, Covey, do you think that we're seeing any innovation in the LCS? Is the LCS innovating or just copy-pasting? Um, uh, I mean, I honestly, I, I'm going to say, like, it is kind of hard to like innovate when there is so much global league being played. Like, it's kind of hard to assign, like, all right, these guys came up with this. Like, this region came up with But we're first. This, right? we, we are first. Well, like, first playing Smolder, Smolder first innovating. To, yes, like, exactly. You know, like, I, I, we're going to play Smolder with, like, you know, like, the items that everyone's building in solo queue. Is that, like, truly innovating? Or, like, we're going to show off the builds like we already know about. Um, I don't know. I like, I think that some teams have had, like, some unique reads. Um, like, uh, TL is playing Asold in LCS and Challengers. And it's actually, like, been played in pretty good positions, I think. Um, I really liked a couple of the drafts that 100 Thieves have uh, had. Like, Game 1, the Ribbon Seraphine. I don't think that 100 Thieves is a team. Their strong point for me isn't laning. Uh... They draft teams that like do well when they group up, like they're able to find fights, right? Like uh, they're able to like you know take champs like these guys can lane with. Um, they were one of the few teams that's like playing Senna Knot, which I think is just a super busted duo uh, from LCK that like really only them and TL have like been adapting. So um, I like in in a sense, yeah, but also like I almost credit that like elsewhere, uh, despite us like being ahead of the patch. I don't, I can't like really say like we've had like any like super like unique twists or builds like really emerge but also like i can't even think of like who innovated what outside of like oh no like this got played in korea now it's here right like is Bwipo playing one game of mordekaiser like truly you know innovating right or is that just like <laughs> he thought it was good that game and so we're gonna play it it um, sounds so, like you don't think that the lcs yeah. is innovating i th uh n not not really there hasn't been like any strat that's like come out of our league where i'm like hell yeah this is good and like now it's being played everywhere right yeah. Um, okay, and and this is like my two cents as well. So just like um, what Golden Blue was saying with some of the scrims that he's seeing, like you can't really start playing your your picks three weeks in when you're trying to innovate. You're that's what the whole scrim process is for. It's just to see what works and what doesn't, and just going with standard stock where you see it from LCK. You've seen it 13, 14 times every week. No one really pulls that in. And even from an NACL standpoint, not that we're branching off there, but NACL to me right now has more entertainment value, even them being on Fearless, 
than what I'm watching from LCS because it's more fun to watch. It it's visually more fun to. It may not work, but visually it's more fun to watch because the players are getting to show off their skills on other champs that you don't normally see in drafts. And you're actually seeing that maybe this isn't a bad pick that we could actually try out. So that's where I'm standing. It it doesn't give me that visual want to really go in. Even with the um Shop of Our Rebellion with the with the um what's it called? Cyan mid. I was like, okay, I, I see what you're cooking. And that was fun to see because it's not something that you would gravitate to seeing in mid lane. Silent mid and then hundred thief came in with the with the um Aatrox to counter it and I was like ah oh, damn this is fun mm. so things like that really really get me pumped to watch the LCS but when it's things that I've seen every morning at three a.m. on LCK it's like do I really want to spend half an hour watching this hundred T friends. Uh, I mean, you, go ahead, Grayson. Uh, sure. I mean, yeah, I I do agree. I think some teams and even us, I, I, we've innovated like I guess a little bit, but I feel like a lot of our counters just make sense. I do think definitely just from the practice, like I don't understand why teams wouldn't experiment a bit more in practice. Um, so I'm kind of uh, I kind of agree with that, and I think a lot of times it is uh, like. There's only three days, but basically three or four days of practice of a new patch where we're just like, people are trying stuff. So there is a really low amount of time uh, to actually try stuff. So I feel like that's maybe like one of the reasons why you don't see super crazy picks. But I do agree that some teams are like, just not doing enough and trying to find new things that could that could be working. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I'm not really sure if it's like fair criticism. Um, first of all, I think like LCS just plays f way fewer games in other major regions, right? Um, and in terms of like innovating, like let's just go down the line, right? Like we had Dignitas pull out Smolder. Uh, we had like Immortals pull out Zac. Um, that was like one of the first games it was like played. And they also pulled out like Testifate bottom. We had Insanity pull out Garen and Scion mid. We pulled out Aatrox mid. We literally played Riven, our first game of LCS. Um, so when it comes to like, I think like these interesting picks, like, yeah, as a GM too, like I love watching like these new picks and the entertainment value from those picks are great. But at the end of the day, I think like teams are here to like win. Um, and given the number of practice days and given like how tight I would say the current standings are, I would say that's probably why a lot of some teams are not like, uh, you know, catering their practice towards picking up these new picks, right? Because League is a super complex game. It's like when you're playing the same champion over and over again, you have like so much of your like brain space is able to focus on other aspects of the game, like things you need to communicate, how to work with your teammates, how to team fight. Like you can focus on so many more things cerebrally. When you're playing a new champ and you're trying to figure out how to navigate that new champion, like your brain just isn't capable of like calculating and make the same like level of high decisions like as you would normally be able to. So um, I think teams that are you know kind of struggling in the LCS to find their identity right now, they probably just don't think it's like worth the risk to try and pick up new picks uh, because they feel like they have a roster that's capable of bringing them wins just playing standard. So um, I I think like the LCS has had a lot of like new picks and we're on live patch. So um, I think we're 
doing a lot more interesting things this year. I mean, I know our team's super bloody, so that's always entertaining. So if you feel like the LCS games aren't entertaining, I at least advise you to watch our games because we're the bloodiest team in the world. Interesting. I have seen all of 100 Thieves games. I'm at work watching your guys' games, and I can agree, you, your team, 100 Thieves, they have innovated. Putting that Seraphine bot, that first game, I was like, okay, I can dig that. Things look different when I see you guys. I can say for you, Shopify Rebellion and um, as the last place team, what's his name? I forgot the, the last place team right now. But Immortals. They, Immortals. Even though they aren't performing as as a team would expect them to perform at that level, you can see where they're trying to innovate. And I appreciate you guys putting in the work to make these matches entertaining. I get what you're saying. The headspace to learn a new champ and going in and doing all of that isn't really worth the risk. But the frauds are starting to show now, and we can agree that copy pasting doesn't isn't going to work because it shows us up not only regionally, but on the big stage. Because when we match one for one against these guys who play these champs 13, 14, 15 times, best of threes a lot, we start to see where we start to crack. And when we start to innovate things and start to put it forward, we now dictate what we play rather than trying to match what they've been doing for an entire two, three splits. So that's where I think you guys are leading right now. Even though you're not first place, I think with the continued effort that Golden Glue, I've been watching Golden Glue since DSG, you guys are putting in the work and I think you'll get it. But I just think that we're putting too much emphasis on copy pasting and Life patch is doing way it's being doing it's being given a disservice to be honest. Hey hey Hunter T, is that true? Because I always hear like we always hear this uh from many callers, right? This idea of, hey, when we go internationally, if we face off against people who just are better at us at these comps, like we should, we need to innovate because otherwise we can't win playing what they're playing. Is that true? Uh I think there's two sides of the coin. I think there is the meta champions are meta for a reason. Like you, there's there's some champions like I, I, we'll use Senna for example. Like Senna is just so strong in almost every situation, and it's like you just can't ignore that champion being in the meta. You have to draft rounds around that champion. Um, on the side of like, yeah, when we go against really top tier Eastern teams, the games are tough. I think what you need to change more so than draft is your mindset going into the games. We actually, actually, me and Grayson talked about it recently, but I really, we really feel that the best mindset you can have going into the Eastern teams is to just be really aggressive, be really confident, and make the game um, have more variables in it. And that's that's probably the best way to beat those teams. To just be able to innovate and create some crazy draft that's gonna work is like. The game, League of Legends, is just so well understood that it's hard to create those kinds of situations. Um, and you can't just ignore some of the picks in the middle. So, yeah, that, that's kind of my take on that. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Master Gen, for the call. Anything that you want to shout no, out here no. before we move on to the next call? Um, I want to shout out the 100 Thieves teams. I'm a recent convert. So it's good to see that you're performing this 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 split. I appreciate it. And all the regional fans here in Jamaica, they're they're watching. They're maybe not saying anything, but they're here. <laughs> so thanks for having me. Yeah. 
Awesome. Thanks, Thanks man. Thanks. All right. I think we're ready for the next caller. And by the way, we do have some uh, space for folks who want to call in if you want to put yeah. your take in the pleb topics or subtopics chat. Also, we lost. I accidentally moved Golden Glue out. Okay. Um, sorry about that, Grayson. Uh, but yeah, if you want to put your takes in there, go for it. Uh, Cubby will keep an eye out for it. I see Yanya in the chat uh, who likes to always be a troll in the Twitch chat here talking about how Mark doesn't do anything and he's just doing <laughs> PR videos. Yanya, you should come on the show. We'll have the conversation here and I will be respectful. <gasps> you know, there's always the opportunity for people. I It's always funny to me when people show up in the, the call-in show and then just try to pick fights in Twitch chat. I'm like, the whole point of the show is for you to call in and have the conversation here. It's a call-in show. Um, but yeah, Cubby, you want to go grab the next call? Yep. Thank you to, let's see, Rice Bowl, Sw Stizzle Swick, My Beautiful Banana, Gaiden TV for 60 months. Thank you. Uh, Hammersmith, N. Stowers, M. Lewis No. Thank you to all of the folks here. Yanya now being silent. Uh, hopefully they're logging into Discord and putting their take into, uh, into one of the chats. All right. Covey should be back here in just a second. Are you guys you guys get back to scrims tomorrow? I assume we have our content day tomorrow. Oh, content day. Okay, what what content day for Hundred Thieves then? Right. Yes. Do you guys have one of those a week? Uh no. This is like a special one okay. um, that we're doing for potential sponsors. But um, yeah, we usually have like a content block set out uh, once a week. It's like a two-hour block right after scrims. Yeah. Well, that's good to hear. All right, we got our next caller here. Oh, go ahead, Grayson. What were you saying? Oh, no, I was just saying, yeah, we're, I feel like, yeah, we're just doing the content. I was just going to... We got Tim here. Man, we fucking love our content. Tim yeah. Tim is calling in. Tim, where are you calling from? Hey, I'm calling from Jacksonville, Florida. Jacksonville, Florida. Are you calling in on, like, a cell phone? No, it's my AirPods. Uh, just some... Oh, sound good. Sorry about that. No, it's okay. I just love it because this is one of the few times in the history of the show where it sounds like it's a radio phone call. So it's yeah, uh, we are truly <laughs> sports like talk radio too, now. Which is super weird. Yeah, no, it's fine. What do you want to talk about on the show? Um, so I wanted to talk about sniper and the public discourse that I have heard, especially from like other top laners in the league, is that he's quote unquote really good at his champs, but not so good off of his champs. And I was wondering, um, especially they were talking about it earlier, about how they were actually surprised how well he's doing. If after the two-week break and going into playoffs, if that's something that they see as like a strength. Like, um, you know, I watch a lot of LEC and like Merwin's like unique picks and Broken Blade. And like, you know, just the top laners have confidence and they do these like crazy picks. And I kind of see that, not crazy picks, but like when he's playing his stuff, he's getting solo kills left and right. So is that something that's a strength? or something that you guys look at as an area that other teams might try to target and take advantage of. You want to get this one, Samuel, or you want me? Um, I, I mean, I'll, I've got a little take on it. I think, I think it's kind of like a funny narrative that like the other top planners are saying about Sniper, because like, if you look at it objectively, he's just done well on the meta picks so far. Like, It's not like... All the top laners are like, yeah, he just plays his own picks well, like, blah, blah, blah. but like, he's just doing well with the meta picks. I, I don't think it's like, 
there's no there's no crazy thing to it i don't think there's like he has some like insane weakness um that we're unaware of um so yeah it, it's surprising to me i guess yeah i, I think I, I would agree i think it's kind of funny that like a lot of top laners are like shit talking sniper and it's like i can only play a few characters but then they're just getting like solo killed by him um <laughs> so i think i think it's just like it's something to protect their egos you know that they need to say is like ah shit. yeah okay. <laughs> uh, well he's solo killing me on this but uh you can only play that one you know <laughs> <laughs> i also i feel like sniper's energy like you probably get so tilted getting solo killed by specifically sniper. Like he's just always yeah. he's so happy go lucky walking around. Like he's so he's too bubbly. Like he's too happy almost. And he's just over the other side of the stage just doming you like one v one. So you're saying it's too. salt that is perpetuating this this story or this sentiment. Yeah, I think sniper. I think the old old sultry men just in their little, little corners <laughs> can't can't handle the pain. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Covey, any thoughts on this? Um, you know, I actually I wasn't surprised to see some of the top laners chirping Sniper because he's new and he had a lot of hype behind him. And like, I mean, even Joseph said earlier, like, you know, like behind the scenes, like Sniper had things to work on, right? Like, and as someone who has watched all of his tape for the first two years, I was in this very much the same boat. I was like, you know, I think that Hundred Thieves, it's like let's see how much they improve in the spring, and then we'll see where they're at in summer if they can compete or not, right? Um. I, I, I don't know, like, the Sniper's solo queue champ pool is, like, definitely different, but again, like, he's been dominating on Aatrox, so I think that the narrative is just, like, everyone's playing Aatrox, so everyone should be able to play Aatrox right now, right? Uh, so I think that's kind of silly. Um, that said, um, I, I, I do think that, like, I want to see how much Sniper can adapt, like, if and when the meta does the shift. Um, I think that this meta actually isn't, like... Kasante and Aatrox being in the meta is, like, I mean, it's good for a lot of top laners, right? I don't want to be, like, it's specifically good for Sniper. I'm really curious, like, what happens, though, if all of a sudden, like, Fiora's meta or Aurelia's meta and how fun things end up looking up there. And if top laners, like, now start to see that as, like, oh, crap, I can't compete with him in this champ either, right? Like, it looks pretty bad if, like, I know his champs are, like, you know, the Aurelia, the Riven, the Fiora, the, like, the Jax, like, you know, a lot of his solo queue stuff. So, like, his Aatrox is good. Like, when you're getting slammed by his Aatrox, you're like, oh, this guy just, just like, plays champs. It's not exactly a good look when he's not even playing his champs besides, like, the first game he played Riven, right? So, yeah, I, I find it kind of funny. But um, for what it's worth, Sniper has very much surprised me with his play, too. I, I, I thought that this would be a growth split. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. It's definitely a growth split. Yeah. He's, he's still growing. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll tell you that. He's inside. a grown boy. He's a grown. He's a grown boy. He's but, grown everywhere. If, but I think uh, you know it, it's like this is all. He's outperforming all your expectations, right? You all said that it was. You didn't have expectations that he would well, do as well as he's done. And Cubby, it sounds like you're. You were the same. Yeah. No. Very much so. I mean, the, don't like. There's still at least one wave that he takes that he shouldn't take a game. But hey, I I remember that from Academy too. So in that sense, it's like not much has changed. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Caller, did that address everything you're thinking? Yeah, pretty much. Um, so basically, you guys don't necessarily agree with the public sentiment, but do agree he has a lot of area to grow. Um, I guess I, you guys never said, like, I guess if you don't believe it, then there's no, like, if it's a strength or, like, a weakness that you have to address going forward. Um, but, like, quick follow-up question. Like, he definitely has, like you guys are saying, like, the most energy of, like, anybody I've seen in the last couple of years. Is that just, like, contagious for, like, your whole team, including – the coaching staff to have somebody that really like lights up the room like that because like this guy 
he's getting so excited and he talks about how excited he is and i don't know maybe that's ostracized not a lot of people like talk about like oh my god like that was exhilarating <laughs> yeah i mean yeah, he, go, he, yeah i mean i think me and grayson will say the same thing but like i've worked in esports for i don't know 12 years and it's easy to kind of like it's easy to fall into environments where it's like player everyone's getting like a little bitter and you get like stuck in the grind and it's kind of a bit miserable at times but i feel like sniper is like he's just this breath of fresh air he just brings this like level of positivity that i haven't experienced from uh i don't think any player he's, he's definitely unique um and i think everyone around him he creates like a he's like a point of energy for everyone within the team for sure yeah, I think uh like Quid, funnily enough, he's only like one year older than Sniper, or maybe it's two years, but he calls like Sniper his like son. He's like our kid <laughs> on the team. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah, that's like a perfect way to describe it. It's like you show up with like your kid to work, and it's like their first day at school. Everything's just like so <laughs> new, interesting, vibrant, and the energy is just like super contagious and viral. It it makes us like I would say super excited to like show up to work every day. Um, like when you have other people like, you know, in the office or at the studios, just like, this is so cool. It's not just like another day in the office. Like it, it's just like a really viral energy. And honestly it makes, it's, yeah, it's just really refreshing. That's awesome. Hey, caller. Thank you so much for, for calling in anything you want to shout out. I uh, just want to shout out challengers league. I just got into it. I never have watched it before this split, but the, the shorter times for the LCS, and uh, also the cool like draft format that they have has actually made it like super interesting to watch. So just wanted to shout out Challengers League. Yeah, awesome. Thanks so much for the call. Oh, we'll yeah. catch you next time. All right, thanks guys. Cheers. I see Yanya in chat who still has not called in with the earlier take is now talking about how Sniper's not proven himself yet and is not the reason why 100T is winning. So feel free to call in Yanya <laughs> with your new take. Both of these takes would be valid takes to call into the show. We'd yeah. love to see you on instead of in the Twitch chat. I don't know if you have it muted, but clearly you hear uh, the He's takes. He's not even just watching. Not me. <laughs> He's just writing things. <laughs> He's just reacting to people in the chat. All right. Uh, Cubby, you want to go grab the next caller? Mm-hmm. Off he goes. Uh, thank you to M. Lewis Snow and Zawandi. Thank you for your subs. Over on YouTube... Uh, I should just mention, if you're watching on YouTube, you can become a member for as low as $2.99. And if you do, you get access to early content that isn't live yet. So, for instance, I've just lived a video uh, today that has been up, I think, for maybe 10 or so days. So feel free to uh, to become a member. You'll see some cool stuff over there. We got Waka here. Waka, where are you calling from? Uh, calling from Long Beach, California. Long Beach, California. What do you want to talk about on the show? Uh... It's a question for the hundred T staff. How do we how do we feel about the state of the league from a gameplay standpoint? I've been seeing a, a lot of people show. say that the games look more competitive from a mechanic standpoint. I really just want to see if what your view is on this. Um yeah, sure. I'll I'll start. I mean I do think the league it does feel like the most competitive it's been for a while. I think it's really fun to partake in. I'd actually think getting rid of two teams uh it kind of felt like there's maybe one or two te teams who i don't know we're kind of like shooing it in a little bit and uh like removing two teams uh just made it 
it compacted the league a lot and it, it feels very competitive i think the fact that like shopify rebellion wins are against like a lot of the top teams is uh like a testament to that um and i, I do think at least from like my perspective it does it does feel that way yeah, yeah I, I i would agree i think definitely getting like players like meech and masu in the league was like an injection of talent that it needed um you can you can clearly tell i, I don't know I, i've seen a lot from like the co-streamers as well they've been talking about mechanical level of the league you can definitely feel that in the scrims as well um you can also feel it from like a macro standpoint the game is just <laughs> naturally gone way more fast paced in every lcs scrim um which is just which tends to happen when you have when you have younger rosters. I mean, I mean, this is just my experience because we obviously we have a very aggressive team, um, and it makes the games more exciting. I also think it makes the the league develop faster. I think aggression is really important. Um, I don't think it's good for the health of the league to play like LCK. I think it's really bad to kind of match that level of gameplay. I think we're better following more of like an LPL trajectory. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's been it's been good to be a part of so far. So, from from the like, getting that injection of younger talent, do you do you think it's because of the eight team argument or of the lower income? <laughs> the lower uh, income. <laughs> That's one way to put it. It's because of the poverty in the LCS. I think. Uh, <laughs> okay. I would, I, would actually, I would love to speak on this, actually. It's, Shit, it, it, it's actually not poverty. So, like, let's, like, dial back. I was actually talking about Let's, let's go back. Yeah, like, I need a raise, man. I'm struggling over here. <laughs> no, no. So, uh, I was talking to Grayson about this, and I was talking to, like, you know, players like Sven and Licorice uh, before, right? Um, so you know, let's, let's like go back to like circa 2020, right? And you're an organization, there's so much VC money. If you fail, like things are going to go downhill and let, let's say like one end of the spectrum, you have these import top laners, like someday impact, right? That, you know, it was very public that they were making around a million dollars a year. Right. Um, and then you probably had these like rookie top laners you could sign for like anywhere from like a hundred to 200 K for the first year. Right. That's like $800,000 swing. Um, so, you know, I think back then, if you look at like the price difference, there's actually a much higher argument for taking bets, right? Like that's like nine times the value projection there. But, you know, you fast forward to 2024 and these like super like, uh, you know, veterans that have proven themselves in the league and the veterans, like their salaries actually aren't that, the discrepancy isn't that much actually. So... I don't. I don't think it has to do with the A-team league. Um, I, I think it's actually just uh, organizational changes at like the top level. Um, I think we've seen like a lot of waves of like coaching staff and management change at the organizations, and I think a lot of a lot more organizations are open to like taking risks, even though the fi financial like uh, value isn't as like isn't as like good as it was like a couple years ago. Um, so. I don't think it's actually. I don't think people are actually priced into poverty at all. I think people are actually priced into veterans because the veterans are actually willing to take very, very similar salaries to these like new rookies. So it's actually interesting that we actually ended up with, you know, a lot of these rookies this year. Anero in chat says, "No more academy buyout prison. Let's it's, go." It's true. 
it's so true. It's, it's true. It's true. Is that, I mean, because you mentioned this, but is that how much of that is the buyout changes? Okay. So I can talk about Academy Buyout Prison too. It's like, okay, so you have, well, you're an LCS organization, right? Um, let's say on average, your, you know, your Academy players are making like the league minimum to like 100K, right? So it's like already 500K plus like housing, everything. Like you're looking at like a million dollar project, right? Um, you look at like LCKCL. Which has like insane players like Quid, you know, Castle, you know, you know, even like Quad and Roamer are very, very good. Uh, they all came from that ecosystem, and those players are averaging like, you know, 20k a year. So, like, their systems are a lot cheaper to run, and um, you know, they actually have competitive markets from like LPL, LCK that they can promote to LEC, LCS, even ERLs. So it's like actually like a business that's like profitable for the organizations, right? Um, and I think for LCS, uh, because of like California minimums and everything, it's just like a very, very high expenditure. So when you run into that, um, and you know now you're trying to make Academy profitable, um, which is like the direction some teams wanted to take, that's when you end up in these buyout prisons. Um, I also think there was a lot of like, I think it's a lot less now because the entire esports ecosystem is changing. Um, but I mean, I was certainly of this mindset. It's like, you know, screw everyone else other than under thieves. Like we're going to do what's best for our, us as an organization. Right. And I think now, uh, people are realizing it has to be more of a communal push to push things forward. Um, and obviously the finances are a bit, bit are part of that. So yeah, like there is no academy, more academy prison. Like people aren't people like holding people hostage, I guess. Um, but at the same time, there is. You know, this certain like organizations that like academy players didn't want to go out, want to go to. So, yeah. I I would say like there's two sides of that academy prison. Yeah, the, like there there was definitely talk. Like I have talked to players in the past off seasons. Like, hey, do I go to like Immortals LCS or do I go to TLA? Right, where I can maybe win that league. That was like a real decision that a lot of these players faced, and uh, like quite a, like there were some that didn't take LCS. Right, like would have taken a CAD. Like um that's definitely a real decision that a lot of these guys faced also like the buyout market just completely collapsed like within two years because it used to be like six digit buyouts and then it was like two digit buyouts or five digit buyouts and then it was yeah it, it was just gone so it's negative buyouts they dropped the yeah. entire team so that so yeah yeah <laughs> we'll pay now you to just, take these guys yeah yeah, yeah. uh Actually. so <laughs> um like a, like in the past, though, like a player like you know the caliber of Mitra Masu, I mean, three, four, five off seasons ago, like that could have been a six-digit buyout for like works to look at, and those six digits, like, it, it depends on you know like how much it is, but it would have been like quite a bit of money right, for teams to spend, right? So uh, I think that is kind of helping the players that like are good and clearly are LCS level, and like me watching the tape of those two players specifically, it's like, hey, these guys are good enough to play in the pro league. They can now do so immediately, right? And then you don't get like. Uh, you know, a couple others that are sticking around for bonus years in a CAD winning because then it's like, whatever. I, uh, I really like what you were saying, Joseph, about the sort of the mentality in esports changing and everybody kind of realizing that they need to work together because that, that was really what it felt like back in 2012, uh, 2011, like when I first got into it, not to say that like Reggie and George were bros, but it was a lot more like, oh, we're building this together. And then I do remember like around franchising time, you talk to anybody, like you you go to any team 
and you talk to the leadership at that team and you say, what do you think of this other team and the leadership over there? And they go, those fucking idiots, they suck so much. And they're just, oh, <laughs> our business is so much better than theirs. I can't believe that they, you know, like it was so toxic. And I think one, a lot of those people have just left to do other things. But like one of the things that I think is very funny is I have heard that the team owner meetings are not nearly as hostile as they used to be with Riot because I think in part you don't have, you know, the the kind of intensity, the fervor, all that stuff that, that was there even a couple of years ago. So it's kind of off topic, but I was just kind of thinking about it as you were saying it because I'm sure that hits. I not even considered the fact that that would probably hit like the buyout market and and sort of allowing team players to move around and all that stuff, but... It is something that I've I've personally seen and felt over the last year or two as everybody's like, oh shit, maybe we all we all need to to bundle together in this cold esports winter because we don't we saw what happened to Golden Guardians and we don't want to be next to catch hypothermia. Uh, sorry, Spooks, I don't mean to. Uh, bring up <laughs> uh, no, that's all good. I'm paused my trauma. That's <laughs> we all feel that way until one tough night. Okay. Uh. Uh, so <laughs> Waka, Waka, is there uh, anything? I know we've got off on a tangent here, but anything else that you want to ask here or add in? Uh, necessarily. I'm just glad that man, like management's shifting. Uh, we, it's great, great to hear. Yeah. But other than that, no. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for the call, and we'll catch you next time. Of course. Oh, any yeah, shout outs? Sorry, I almost didn't give you your oh, shout outs. It's okay. Um, just a big shout out for all the the guests that are coming onto the show. It's great to see um, like a schedule. It's cool. I check Twitter and I'm like, oh, something hyped about you know every single Monday. So, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, we're gonna do a better job of trying to. I I mean, it was kind of goes into what I was just saying. I do think people are more willing to do content now, probably because they have less content obligations elsewhere. Because there's unfortunately less sponsors in the space, but also. Uh, just because I think there is a desire for like, oh, let's all work together, which I think ultimately means that there's a better product for, for fans. So thanks so much for the call, and we'll catch you next time. Great. Yeah. Have a good night. Have a good one. All right. Uh, I think we are ready for our next call. If you want to go grab them, Cubby. Yep. Thank you to Robert Bruce, 504 Caesar, Mike Danub, Bowen Chung for the 500 bits, and Death Gun. Thank you, everybody. Funny enough, you know, when we started streaming on YouTube and Twitch simultaneously, uh, I wasn't even sure if it was going to be worth it. And now what I see is that YouTube is almost almost has as many viewers as Twitch does. And Twitch viewership has decreased a little bit on the show. And I assume some of that is because some of those people are just over on YouTube. But it is kind of interesting to see that Hotline League viewership is now just kind of split between the two. So so thought I'd share that for the folks who don't listen to or don't watch the show live. Um, and also mention that you can watch it on YouTube if you want. So, uh, we stream those every Monday at seven Pacific, unless something crazy pushes it to a different time. But our next caller here is, or our next caller is here, Traster. Traster, where are you calling from? Uh, I'm calling from Melbourne, Australia. Melbourne, Australia. Yo. Who so, would come from that country? Okay. Uh, what do you, or wait, where are you in from Spooks in Australia? 
I'm also from Melbourne, Australia. Oh, there we go. All there right. it is. Cool. Nice. Yeah. Traster, do you yeah. know Spooks? It's like probably a pretty small city there, right? Couple. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's no one. There's definitely no one in Melbourne. A no. couple hundred um, people. <laughs> uh, what no, do you want to talk about on the show? That, Spooks? Um, I, uh, put a take a couple of weeks ago in with Spawn, um, and I guess it's kind of relevant today as well. Uh, so I wanted to highlight the, um, Spawn and Golden Glow and even Spooks back when he was on Golden Golden Guards Academy back in when he was coaching there. Uh, great examples along with the players that everyone kind of talks about of the tier two system working for development and a quote unquote rehab of players and coaches and how it's a good sign for things going forward in that area. Okay. Do you want to elaborate on it at all? Um, I mean, yeah, it's, it's kind of, I, I like, I have, I guess, a more of a unique perspective, uh, than a typical LCS fan because I followed players basically from OPL, uh, back in the day, uh, rip. Um, but it, it, it kind of led, it kind of naturally led me through the tier two scene, which I wouldn't really have been interested in potentially otherwise. Um, and it kind of, with, with that, it showed you that, even like because obviously the players are often highlighted but coaches an example for golden glue coming up uh straight from disguise to being the 100t now head coach and spawn being quote-unquote promoted in tl it's it's a place that is kind of almost like a quote-unquote essential to the to the uh landscape um and is dem is another demonstration of why it works hell yeah uh, <laughs> all right, this, I, I mean, I, I actually think like, this is something I kind of tweeted out, uh, at least involving like golden glue and spawn specifically. Cause I think one of the cooler parts about this call or like, at least like what this car is pointing out with these guys, like I, I've definitely like, I saw you and spawn go to work quite a bit and I'll even throw like fold spooks in here too, with like the 21 Academy team, because you had a big turnaround in summer. Uh, I think you guys, what ended up taking third in proving grounds um in that tournament uh, yeah. yeah yeah that was a good time yeah it was uh because like that's the team that niles came back into uh with the cad and then you guys ended up doing really well um i think the coolest part for me about like seeing you guys hit the lcs stage is the fact that like i actually feel like there were some identities that, like your teams have had in the past that i still see in lcs like um spawns like the the tl versus 100 thieves matches for like two years straight between you know uh grace and you and spawn it was like tl had really really good mid-game macro and would make very good decisions and then you guys had tenacity and kenvi who you freed them up and they had like beast hands and like, you would try to outhance teams like here and there with these guys right um and that was like if i had to boil things down to an overarching theme that would be it and now what do we see uh, in LCS? The fact that like Grayson and Spooks are running the team that has the most kills uh, like on average uh, <laughs> in the world right now, right? Um, I wasn't quite expecting that. I'll also say that Spooks, like that Golden Guardian squad, you really opened up the playbook because if we want to talk about innovating, you guys were actually innovating Ziggs bot at the time. Uh, like Prismal was really, really good on that pick and you were playing like these mid-game siege comps that were really big uh, that kind of helped get you guys really far in that tournament and i'll say that like your gg squads with hui i think that he's definitely incorporated some of this in the nrg but i don't want to say you guys played loose but you guys definitely encourage your players to like go for plays like hui roaming you know like he would kind of have the map to himself and like actually you know like try to do things proactively right like between him and river right um so 
it, it is at least fun for me, like seeing that some of the identities that you guys like had in teams, like actually kind of carry over to LCS, which I think is cool. Like, it, like for me, like that definitely shows impact. The fact that, like Grayson, for you and Spawn specifically, I get to see you guys have two two different groups of players or different groups of players come through your challenger squads and be like, you're still able to have like a similar identity even with different guys, right? I, I think that actually like that says a lot about the impact you guys have. Yeah, I definitely think it was just it feels like intertwined fates that me and spawn spent like two years yeah. kind of like battling each other in academy then we get promoted to lcs head coach at the same time um i think it is kind of i did feel like on team liquid he his roster like with especially when he had our mao it was always like it was a bit more of just a functional machine and my team was like i'm you know i'm, I'm gonna pick kinvy kindred and let's see what happens <laughs> Yeah. Um, I do think the funny part about my whole time there too was like the only time I won and actually like we usually finish top two top three the only time we won is actually when we didn't have the start of the talent um, and it was easier to build a machine with players like you know Gamsu who is just like willing to play part of the team um, but I do think wow that was a lot of gifted subs for you yes. right there yes yeah. We don't. We don't need to derail. Do, we don't need to. De I appreciate it, but I That's try not big. to derail for the subs. That's big. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I was talking. He subbed. I think Travis. Yes. So, um, <laughs> no, but I. I think it's awesome uh, that I get this. You, like me and Spawn both get to like showcase what we've been working on for the last two years, and I do think like you know I see also Papa Smithy in chat. Shout out to him because he was the one who picked me up to coach on Hundred Thieves initially. Um, and I think that, I don't know, I just feel really grateful for having that space and time to grow as a coach. Because I definitely think, um, I do feel like I'm a lot more, I, I just, I feel like I'm a lot better of, of a coach than I was like two and a half years ago. And I, when I started out, I like think I had some innate like skills or talent for it, but I was still missing a lot of um, things that build, that make a great coach. Um and I think it's the same thing for Spawn. I'm sure he's improved a lot over the last two and a half years. And it's it's been definitely just a an honor to play with him. And to have Sam, who's kind of ahead of me, I think, in some ways in the coaching tract, has also been super useful. Because I feel like I've grown a shit ton this year uh, in only the last two, like, two months coaching. Yeah. yeah. Actually, all those subs. Damn. Yeah, I was I know, say, they're, I think they're popping off. Spooks, go. I think this, uh, this whole conversation, I feel like I have... Because Grayson mentioned he was intertwined with Spawn, but I'm kind of like intertwined with everyone. Clearly like Papa <laughs> Smithy, Grayson, yeah. Spawn. Actually, because my last year as a player, Spawn was my GM. Um, I get the impression wow. that mo most of his teams in Academy were whipped into shape because he's just an angry old man. You gotta, f You got to fear the beard. And then when he shaves yeah. his beard, he looks like uh, Kermit the Frog, and he's not. Really <laughs> what? So I saw I Spawn a side by side photo compa comparison now. I saw Spawn yesterday, and I think they they must have been scrimming. Were you guys scrimming yesterday? No. TL. Yeah. Yeah, we actually yeah, scrimmed yeah, we, TL. We were, yeah. Okay, okay. I think I have some insight into how those were going because I was at the AWTF playing Magic with everybody. Uh, with my magic group and we were in the kitchen and I saw Spawn walk in to go get coffee and I made a joke about him to somebody that was hanging out and he did not seem to appreciate the joke. He was, he looked like he was just <laughs> going to get coffee. He was annoyed that we were there 
and I'm honestly a little worried about the future of my ability to use TL as a as a Magic the Gathering gathering spot for on the weekends because he, he I don't think he was happy we were there. I uh, actually so, miss I miss Spawn's anger a lot. There was there's some really good moments. He he'll know what I'm talking about. Shouldn't get into them too <laughs> Wait, much, could you but... give a story? Give an example. Oh, dude. So uh, I'll, I'll get into it a little bit. There was there was last oh, 2018, so my second last year as a player. Uh, I was arguing with one of my teammates who basically was bringing home girls from Tinder, and <laughs> he was like, "I couldn't sleep because you could, you know, for obvious reasons." Um, was there was a lot of sounds happening, and then there was this this one morning where basically we had an argument, and then Spawn just pulled him aside, and like me, FBI, and the other player who was there, I won't name names. Uh, Spawn just ripped into him, like, and then me and FBI are just sitting there looking at each other, like, no idea what to do with ourselves. Um, and then <laughs> there was no more Tinder girls from that day on, but I'll tell you that much. That was, that was the real pain train. Wow. Some, yeah. some decent insight into what the coaching situation might be like over at Team Liquid. That's, uh... Oh. How much you, how much do you bring that type of coaching mentality into your cuz we all emulate, you know, the environments that we grew up in. So Spooks, do you find yourself uh channeling Spawn at times with your players? Um I me and Spawn we're definitely we actually butted heads a lot uh at, at certain different times, but he he's a lot more hard-headed than I am for sure. Um I, I can definitely have my moments where I can get angry as well, though. So, I, I do think you you have to pick and choose when when you get angry. If you're too loose with it, then you kind of you kind of it loses its effectiveness, I guess. Gotcha. Um, I think I think Spawn picks and chooses moments well, though. I will okay. say. Tinder story aside. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. What? When, when was That's this? Like 2014, 2015? This was 2018. Oh, recent. Okay. So yeah, I mean six years ago. I mean, yeah. relatively yeah, recent. I mean, because yeah, whenever I, recent. a lot of people might not know this, but I went to Australia right after Worlds 2014 and met a lot of the Aussies that would like later on end up in the scene doing different stuff and hung out with all of them. And it Australian esports in 2014 was like North American esports in 2011 in terms of the state of the scene and all that stuff. And so I just have it captured in my mind as, as that maybe it just stayed that way for the next four years or so, but yeah, it's kind of funny. I actually do remember that. Yeah. I remember you being down there, Travis. Yeah. It was super yeah. fun. I mean, I'm sad. I never went back. I, I really like Australia. Um, it is expensive and far to get to. Um, but I don't know. Sydney, Sydney is basically San Diego. So that's a bit of a, it's it's not I'm not super incentivized because I can go experience it by driving two hours south. But I I really do like Australia. The culture was great, and then everybody was super friendly and um and yeah I don't know I I guess there's not there's not as much of an esports scene left there now, right, Spooks? It, it's 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 pretty deceased. Oh, yeah. actually, funnily enough, this year there's like what's happened is all the O's players that were in challenges in NA at some point have kind of been pushed back because NA, like all the explosions happened. So now OS has gotten like slightly better. Um, so the league is actually not terrible right now. I've been watching some of the games. 
it's not great, but it's not it's not terrible. It's always uh, fun to watch though. They they make it fun over there. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. it's funny seeing my boy Swiper playing again. Yeah, like, real yeah. Man Swiper. The yeah. boys. Big big Swippy on the rift. What? Yeah. Is there like any infrastructure? Like I assume nope. Everybody's just working full time jobs and doing this part time, or like, because that space yeah. just got gutted, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's primarily everyone's just playing online, kind of like yeah, it's just a part time job essentially. Yeah. The problem is there's just no in O's. There's no population. Like you can't even in solo queue. If you, let's say you're master tier in solo queue, you'll sit in queue for like thirty minutes. Like yeah. there's Ugh. just no one plays league, um, and it's not like regions like brazil who are isolated by their own language like all their viewers are more incentivized to watch their league um obviously a lot of the australian viewers like we even have one on the show is are more incentivized to watch like other western regions like in any eu so uh yeah it, it was it was kind of doomed before it it started in, in a sense yeah all right caller i know we again we've gone off on on a sidetrack here but how how you doing do you feel like we answered your question here no, that was great. That's all. That's all I really wanted. It was uh, Aussie talk is is always entertaining to my ears. Fantastic. I love your accent, by the way. I know. I like yeah. Listening to all the NA stuff and hearing the Aussie accent, it's 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 very nice to hear your voice, speaks. <laughs> it's the same <laughs> accent, right? Yeah, yeah it, it, I feel it's like bringing me. It's bringing me. Sam, home. is your it's accent? I think Sam's accent has like gotten stronger talking to you because I feel like <laughs> Sam's accent's not normally even this strong. I know when I go back to Texas, I get more of a southern drawl. That's for yeah. Sure. I mean, Swiper, Swiper roasts me because like, apparently when I, oh, I so when I've been saying corky lately, I've been saying like corky, like like pronouncing the R, and then he's just he just roasts me for it. Like he's like, you're not even Australian anymore. Like, yeah, that's. <laughs> Could you give us a a no no no? How do you how do Aussies do it? I can't do it. Oh, like, oh, the the no. Yes, yeah. There we go. Like no, 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 no. I actually say it every single time I say no to Sam. <laughs> That's how I say it every time. Yeah. Whatever, whatever. Fast feed was over here. We would always make that joke, or a good friend of mine, David, would always say it around here. It was very great. Narrow. Okay. Uh, thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out? Um. Yeah. I guess. Uh. Big shout out to all the Aussies in the scene. Um. We, yeah, we got to keep we got to keep the Australian esports dream alive somehow. So the more people that are present, the better. Um, and I guess while we mention it, uh, shout out to the LCO. Uh, you mentioned it earlier. There's yeah. still the the skeleton scene. Um, that yeah. is the LCO still going. So any support there would be great. Awesome. Well, hey, thank you so much for the call, and uh, we'll catch you next time. See ya. Before we get into the next caller, we're gonna take a quick break to talk about our sponsors for this episode. Which are all of you, because we don't have sponsors for Hotline League anymore. <laughs> uh, nobody does any esports. Yeah. And now's a great time to do this ad because everybody's just, uh, for some reason during that call, maybe it was the Aussie talk or something, we started just getting an outpouring of subs. We had uh, Tennis Guru with the Tier 3 sub. And then, uh, let's see, Kar Karuka. And then Tennis Grew gifted 10 subs, which is what we were reacting to. Raz gifted a sub to Golden Glutes, which I'm sure Golden Glutes appreciates. Well, hey, I have no sub. Dude Maybe upstairs, a sub for 40 months. Oh, my right God. While we're doing well, I'll get to this one in a second. Uh, Adam, thank you for the 34 months. Raz gifted a sub to Spook Sucky Sucky Daddy. Uh <laughs> 
Energy, one six eight. Thank you for the prime. M. Lewis, no gifted ten subs. Doctor King with the prime, and then over on YouTube we had Stephen, uh, one nine six three one who subbed as an intern, then upgraded to associate. Awful with the membership. Cocaine sniffles with the super chat, and then also a fifty dollars super chat from Stephen after the earlier membership. And while I was doing this ad, Ixbix came in and dropped a hundred subs on the channel, which Jeez. is super appreciated. It's the type well, of thing that helps me um, make sure that I can pay Cubby to be on the show and to co-host the show with me, and also to pay the editor who gets this thing up on uh, early, early as, as she can. She's over on the East Coast, and then uh, all sorts of people knew me as our community manager. It is, you know, we we do want to try to compensate people for doing the show, so um, and helping to make sure it happens. So your support is greatly appreciated because we're in between sponsorship right now, and your subs and your super chats are really what hold these this thing together. If you're listening to the VOD, you can or the podcast, you can just go over to Twitch and drop a Prime sub. I see you all. I open up uh, Twitch every now and then and just see the activity feed where people are subbing on a random Thursday when I'm offline. And I really do appreciate that. Uh, becoming a member over on YouTube does allow you to get early access to some of the content. So thank you to everybody who's doing that again, huge shout out to everybody who's, who's dropping gifted subs and all that stuff. It's very generous of all of you. M Lewis, no, and uh, tennis guru. And then Xbix with the hundred gifted subs. It's just insane. So thank you everybody. Um, Er got to be kidding, says Travis, you should reach out to Pagoda, the official pause sponsor of the LCS. I did. I DM'd them and uh, they said they'd get back to me and then they never did. So but if anybody has a if anyone has an in with Pagoda or any brands who are interested in, in sponsoring Hotline League, we have an audience that is excited and eager. Yeah. Um can, can eat some more. egg rolls. Yes. During this break, you know, you talk yes. about subs. Anything. We will eat egg rolls on the show. We will drink energy beverages actually i know they don't i don't think they they they've split off from 100 thieves but i do have a juvie in hand um so Ooh. but i i'm open to any uh energy drink brand that's out there cuz you know we love we love esports sponsors and uh our chat and sh audience loves them too so yeah somebody said uh have i tried this brand called tidy cats that is a 6 year old reference my god okay uh I think we can get back into calls now. Yep. Thank you to our sponsors, all of you, for sponsoring the show. Cubby is off to go grab the next caller. Thank you to Squirtle with the Prime and uh, Jags Hockey with the Prime or or Jags Hockey. I don't know. Either way, thank you. Uh, free sub go blip, says Jag Hockey. All right. Uh, we've got our next caller coming up. Cubby's ran off to grab him. Oh, and here we go. Our next caller is here, Katmandu. Katmandu, where are you calling from? Uh, Wilmington, Delaware. From Delaware. You're a little quiet. I'm going to get you closer, or if you get closer to your mic, I'll turn you up as well. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, so this was more of a question than a hot take, but uh, my question was, how does the 100 Thieves coaching staff feel about the two-week break from a team-building uh, or fixing team chemistry perspective? The idea here being that uh, in most years and in most splits, uh, a lot of teams will say that they can only band-aid issues week to week, and then it takes uh, the end of the regular season into 
playoffs or between playoffs into worlds uh, or international events before they can really fix fundamental issues. So regardless of how we got here, do you guys think this two-week break is a positive thing or a negative thing from a coaching perspective? Also, is it a two-week break or a three-week break, 100T? I have no idea. It's, it's more like week. a three-week. Yeah, it's more yeah. like a three-week break, uh, which is pretty long. I would say like two-week break is already – even a one-week break, right? It's Three weeks is pretty long. Mark, uh, if you're listening – Fuck you, buddy. Because uh, I, I had, you know, when we he and I talked about this offline, I was like, "It's a three week break." He's like, "No, that's stupid. It's a two week break." And I'm like, "Mark, everyone is going to call it a three week break. Just you watch." And here we go. It's a three week break. We all agree. Um. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead, Golden Glove. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I I think it's it's a bit long. It's just kind of one of those situations where it is what it is. It's like esports is struggling a little bit. Valorant's pushing us out, and we can't use the stadium. Uh, That's basically what it feels like. But uh, you just do what you can with what you're given, and I think it is a good opportunity to try new things. It's also a new patch, so like in terms of like, there were certain champions that were like, "Oh, we don't have enough time to pick this up between like one week of practice." Basically, you just try to play everything that you can and try to get as much new uh like tools under your belt and i think that it's it's honestly a pretty like interesting time to experiment and i do think i mean i like we had momentum we were coming off a lot of wins so definitely i don't feel like it is in our favor that there's a big break but um you just have to do do with it what you can uh so i I know uh golden glue you, you talked about like earlier saying that all teams like probably should take like a couple days off in this break um i know that you went skiing did anyone in your camp like do anything fun with, with a couple of the off days that that you had going on uh sam did you do anything i don't think any of our I, players. Uh, i played golf one day yeah oh, nice. all yeah. right yeah let's go dude yeah, how many people to, play uh... golf i feel like golf is my secret rival for organizing hobbies in the space because a bunch of people. I just connected somebody with Cubby so that they could go. You and yeah, I, did you all end up going golfing? Yeah, they they had their best rounds ever uh, with, with me. So you know, yes. it's, it's great. Yeah. And then and then so a bunch of people are playing golf. I'm just trying to get people to play Magic the Gathering. And uh, the other two weeks ago, we went to the Hundred Thieves facility to play, and Golden Glue was literally there, and refused to play Magic with us, even though he plays Magic. We I were having was... team activity. We just no. won a 2-0 weekend, like, and, and we were playing Jackbox together. I actually did want to play Magic, but... Uh, oh, you know. should, we tell, should we tell them about our, our team bowling activities? Oh! We, we, have, we, have, uh, we have, like, this really good tradition that Joe sets up for the boys, where yeah. every every couple of weeks we go to the bowling alley and we wait in line, and then they tell us it's going to be three-hour wait till we get home. So, it's actually happened like, twice. We've gone to the bowling alley twice, and then we just left both it's times. It's one of our favorite team activities. Oh, that's sad. It really, really helps the boys. Poor Joe. Uh, oh, no. I, I like that there is no lesson learned after the first time, either. Did you did you at least He's call ahead the second time? Okay, okay. Listen, uh, in my defense, it's a lot more expensive to make a reservation, but I think at this point we need to make one. So, 
You see, it's much more expensive. And so it is the poverty that is holding back the LCS tiers. <laughs> the poverty, yes. It actually was esports winter bowling. Oh, no. Oh, my God. In 2022, that reservation is booked. Uh, and right afterwards, there's a, like, steakhouse that's booked. You know, every We have the whole bowling alley to ourselves. Filet. Yeah, exactly. That's the that's the 2022 esports spend. But in 2024, it's show up. Sorry, boys. Couldn't... Couldn't afford reservations. We all got to go home. Oh, that's so funny. Well, that was great. You're all welcome to join my magic stuff, and we will. You don't. We don't charge for reservations, Joseph. So you could all hang out and draft uh, if you ever want to. And okay. by the way, uh, from what I understand, drafting in magic makes you a better coach. So uh, it's a great and great better player potent- potentially as well. You learn a lot about coaching and drafting and all that stuff. Just ask LS. Okay. Uh, where were we on this call? I'm trying to remember. Breaks. Uh, team chemistry. Like, what's working over the breaks? I, I do appreciate that you said, like, uh, some champs, like, take more time to pick up. Like, uh, for example, TF saw a lot of changes, and TF is a little bit overtuned, and it's a different flavor of TF now. So, like, that's one where I can assume, like, it's going to take some time to figure out how to play with as a team, right? Um, I, I think that, like, that's good over, over breaks. I, I'm kind of curious though like what like what do like if, if you're a team that was struggling like what what would be like the pro of the break or like how could you use the break like is there a way for you to like almost like get like try and like do like a mini boot camp like if you are a team that's struggling like where, where do you think like a team like c9 or energy would be like during this break where like they aren't quite many expectations and need to push for getting a better scene in playoffs coming up here uh, uh go ahead. do you want to go Jay? I, I just think some of these teams are like uh, it's kind of like what Grayson and Sam talked about with like you want to create like a culture where they're allowed to fail and um, you don't want to like put too much pressure on them right mm-hmm. I think with some of the teams that are like cu- currently struggling a little bit performing under expectations like I believe a lot of those teams are just kind of grinding this break out um, and I'm curious to see how that actually works out because I think like we have kind of the right approach, and I don't, I don't even think our approach would have been different even if we were like uh like had like fewer wins. I think it is like good to give the guys like a couple days off, and especially if you're like a team that's currently like slumping, um I think like a refresh like perspective on like how they can approach the team because like you don't really get like a mental like time to like mentally reset, right? I think like during the break uh it would give like players perspective on like what they could do differently or how they could approach practice differently. Um, so I think like the break is kind of a good time for that. So I'm kind of on the same boat as like the coaching staff here that like we found like a, we found like a pretty sweet spot. All right. Well, there you go. Hey caller, thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to uh, address here at the end before I give you a shout out? Uh, no, I just, uh, Kevy, thanks for uh, clarifying the question there towards the end. Uh, it sounds like there's mixed feelings. Overall, it's too long of a break. Um, it is too long of a break. But, you know, it's, it's good for teams that are struggling. Maybe not so good for teams that already have a good system. So that's good to know. Anything you want to shout out? Uh, I'm going to shout out Golden Glue. Uh, I think uh, you've just been a really uh, positive force for the scene. Anytime I see you on screen or anytime you were playing before, I was always uh, interested in tracking you. So shout out to Golden Glue. And, thanks, uh, man. Yeah, I'm happy for you. Uh, and then uh, I guess I'll call out my namesake. I've got uh, six cats. So, Travis, uh, when you want to adopt a cat, just let me know. 
Oh. And leaves. Just like, just dropped yeah. drop oh, wow. the mic. No, no. Uh, <laughs> not what kind of cat it is. Did you he, kick him? He did not leave. Uh, on you his kicked own. him. <clears throat> we just we just we gotta move on. Uh, by the way, I noticed Golden Glue that in chat you said I also smashed Raz. Do you want to elaborate on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so you smashed okay. him. I mean, if you I if you want to air this stuff so, on the show, I think that's yeah, fine. But I mean, Raz was gonna come on the other show and talk about it, but me and Raz had a twenty dollar basketball bet at the Ooh. LCS studio because there's a little basketball hoop that has a scoring point for like you have like forty five seconds or whatever. And so we like tie. We actually tied like two or three times in a row. And we got the same score, and then for some reason, sometimes the machine does two points instead of three pointers. So then we had to like do some calculations, do some math. But even when we're, we still got the same points, eventually I came out with one extra point and I won 20 bucks. I also beat Sam in basketball as well. Sam can attest to that. Um, oh, and Sam was a much better basketball player than me, but I just, I had the, the, the grit and the spirit needed. Uh, Grayson is a, he's a brute forcer. Like you actually, <laughs> you can't make it past him cause he's like, he's reaching fouls are too powerful. <laughs> anyway, let's, just, let's just move on. Let's move on. I don't right, want to sound yeah. too bitter. I'm just uh, great. Glad that we're talking about who Golden Blue is smashing on stream. All right, yeah. uh, shall we get our next caller? <laughs> yeah, we got two more. All right, and Stephen over on YouTube just dropped another fifty dollars super chat. Thank you, Stephen. Stephen right now has I think quadrupled the if you combine all the other subs and memberships on YouTube tonight or super chats and memberships on YouTube. Stephen is holding down. I think 80% of it. So thank you, Steven. That's very generous of you. Um, I'm trying to get my alerts fixed because for some reason they are, the alert box not not working right now on the stream. Let's see if I can fix it. Um, let's see if we do this. Either way. Big G snipes in the chat now. We've got our next caller here who is <clears throat> PP Doc. PP Doc, welcome to the show. Where are you calling from? Oh, no, the mic was just... Baltimore, Maryland. Baltimore, Maryland. There we go. Oh, another caller calling in. Yeah. Are you on AirPods as well? I am, yep. My three-year-old's next to the door to me asleep, so... Okay, fantastic. Well, I, I love that we're doing such a great advertisement for the uh, mic quality of AirPods. Uh, are you a urologist? Indeed. All right, fan fantastic. I'm glad that that's the explanation for your handle. <laughs> uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? Yeah, it's about the question for the, the coaching staff here and, um, you know, as we look forward to the rest of the, the regular season of the split and then uh, also the spring playoffs, if they had, you know, any uh, take for themselves uh, as to who they, they thought the most formidable opponents were. Um, I know we have a lot of talk about FlyQuest being ahead of them in the standings, um, people, you know, rumbling about C9 or NRG if they're ever going to wake up, um, or maybe if they thought, you know, with, with anybody being able to beat anybody, um, there was a different dark course that they had their eyes on. Yeah. So uh, I don't know, Cubby, if you want to re re yeah. analyze that, just because I know some people might have had a hard time hearing it. Uh, yeah. So, a little off. so just like uh, for the Hundred Thieves staff, like who they think their biggest competition is, whether that's FlyQuest on the top of the standings, CNN or NRG, community favorites coming into the split, or someone else, since everyone can beat everyone in the LCS. Um. Right now, it feels like FlyQuest definitely seem the strongest, um, just based on 
scrims and stage performance. Um, to be honest, it feels like the league is pretty close. It's like, in my past experience, you can really tell who's super strong. Um, but it feels like right now everyone can beat everyone. Um, so yeah, definitely FlyQuest. And then other than that, the the league feels... It, it's hard to put a finger on who's who's like the strongest from that point. It, it does seem like you can tell there's a couple of teams lagging a little bit. Like, it does feel like Dignitas and Shopify are definitely kind of down there in the bottom. Um, but other than that, it feels pretty close. It's interesting yeah, could, yeah. that you don't mention Immortals because they are... They're tied with Shopify at the bottom. Uh, yeah, Immortals in scrims. I mean, I feel I feel like a lot of people have already talked about them in scrims, but they were yeah. they seemed really strong in scrims, particularly at the start. Um, I don't know what's happened over there, but it does feel like something has gone wrong, or like they're slowly falling off. Um, not sure why, but Immortals still seem pretty strong. I feel I feel like Castle especially is like noticeably stronger than a lot of the top laners in the league. Hmm. All right. Well, uh, Golden Glows, I think you were going to say something and then I cut you off. Yeah, I feel like if you're going to say Dark Horse, I, I feel like the the best candidate is probably Shopify just because their wins are against the top teams uh, that they do have. And I think like usually they win by insanity playing kind of like wacky characters. And I think he hasn't really found, like, the right ones. Like, I don't think Garen and Talia is, like, really the pick. Um, so, like, I think maybe if he finds, like, the they, they find the right characters, that could work for him. I do think they could be, like, a dark horse for sure uh, if they make it to playoffs. It seemed, it seemed like Insanity, he had those couple of games that didn't go well and like, the, the non-meta picks, and he just came into the practice room. He was like, I'm just playing fucking Orianna, like... Like he he just showed up the next week, just installed Ori both games. So seems like he might have changed his mind on that. Yeah. Is that? Do you do you think that that is? Uh, <laughs> do you think that that's how the power dynamics work? Because like it's one of those situations, right? Where I think a lot of fans are sitting here going, "Oh, it's the coach's fault for always picking them this, or the team's always drafting them this." And I think it's hard for fans to often have an understanding of like where that line is between player picking the same champ over and over again or switching to something that's more safe versus coaches and coaching staff pushing that together yeah i think that question specifically it, it is that is a lot on the coaching staff because i can can't tell you how many times we've like told players like don't even practice this champion i don't want you playing this champion it's a waste of time or it's like we don't have enough time to make this work and at the same time it's like Certain people, for example, like River, you know, we can be a lot more lenient with because he's been playing for so long and has such a like uh, solid champion pool already that he can we can kind of like feel like be more flexible. Um, so I do think it's the coach's job to really prioritize what you're going to practice. And if something's kind of like a long shot, one of your eighty carries is like not going to be able to. I, I don't know, like play Callista or like your mid laner is not going to be able to pick up Twisted Fate. Like you have to make those decisions pretty fast. Or else you end up wasting like a full week's worth of practice. All right. Yeah. No, that's good insight. Uh, anybody else want to chime in on this question? The most formidable opponents for the rest of the split? Joseph, is C9 ever going to pop off? Uh, is it Jover? No, I think C9 is actually still super strong. Um, like, I think Berserker is kind of having a down split. 
but I still think he's like one of the strongest AD carries in the league. I think JoJo is like one of the strongest mids in the region, obviously. I mean, they just have one of the strongest rosters, um, and things might not be clicking for them. You can blame draft, you can blame culture, but I, I would be very, very surprised to not see like C9 at least like top three by the end of the split. Um, I think FlyQuest are really good. Uh, I think Busio is probably one of the most mechanically talented supports in the league. Um, Masu is a very, very good player. Uh, and I think Buipo was a lot, lot, a lot better than I anticipated um, preseason. Uh, Inspired is obviously a very good jungler. And I think for Jensen right now, <laughs> I think the meta is just like really favorable for him. It's literally like mages only. Um, so I think if like the meta continues to be that way, I think FlyQuest will continue to be a really strong team. Like the only issues I really see for them potentially is if like the mid meta shifts drastically. Uh, I don't think Shopify is a dark horse. Um, I think there's just like a clear, put like a ceiling that they can actually hit. Like if you look at this game from like 2019, a lot of it was like early game like stacking waves and like setting up dives everything was like pre-organized um and a lot of the game was like very very macro heavy and now with like dragons grubs herald like a lot of the game is just coming down to fighting right and you need to have hands and you need to be like you need to be able to win fights in order to win this game now um and i think some of these teams just have clear mechanical like deficiencies in some of their players uh so uh yeah, i think c9 will still be really strong flyquest still really strong and I don't really see a dark horse in the current bottom half of the standings, and I think energy will probably figure a way out. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, caller. Anything you want to shout out before we go on to our ne our last call? I'll just shout out to you guys. Um, thanks for everything. I've been listening to this for many years and many long nights in the hospital uh, to and from work listening to you guys. So thanks for keeping us going and uh, keep it up. Yeah. Thank you so much for your call and keep up the work yeah, on your end. Uh, I think I speak for everyone in the call where I say you, you do incredible and important work for mankind. Oh, it is my job to keep it up. Yep. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks. Hell right. yeah. That's a good one. Uh, huge shout out to Steven for another $50 super chat. And then Joshua coming in with another $10 super chat. YouTube stepping it up tonight. Thank you, YouTube, for the... The generosity. Normally, it's Twitch that's holding it down. They're doing great, but you guys are keeping it competitive. Uh, we got our last call coming up here as Cubby goes mm -hmm. off to grab them. Shout out to Low Budget LCS for the raid. That's nice to see that uh, that coming in. Always nice to see folks tossing raids our way. We try to do it on our end as well, but I think not everybody does it. So, oh, and then we have Twitch. Coming in with the right hook with another 10 gifted subs from One Deep Blue. They've gifted a total of 13 in the channel. Thank you, Deep, for the sub. Steven just dropped $2 Super Chat. Budget, the budget is uh, decreasing faster than uh, LCS rosters in 2024. All right. We've got our last caller of the night, Trespasser here. Trespasser, where are you calling from? Calling from Downey, California. Downey, California. And what do you want to talk about on the show? Okay, so I have two takes. You guys can kind of choose. My first take being is I'm scared for C9 as a fan. I just bought Grand Finals tickets today, and I don't know if that's like jumping the gun or not, but what changes do you think like C9 should make if they don't make MSI coming into summer? And my second take is um, 
Sven is at LS's boot camp right now, and which teams do you think could utilize him in the summer? All right, let's. I mean, these are both kind of quick, so we can use both. So, just I know the caller's pretty quiet. I, I, I turned him up as loud as I could. Uh, the questions are: Sven is at LS's boot camp. Which team could benefit the most from bringing him in in the summer? And two, what happens for uh, C9 if they don't? What do they do, or what sh- changes should they make if they don't make MSI? Who wants yeah. to take either of these first? We can start with uh, the the C9 one. Hmm. I feel like I don't have really strong opinion. I feel like it's so hard to tell what's going wrong from the outside that I don't like to point the finger. But some, I don't know if either of you want to start. Yeah, it's so. It's <laughs> don't also, all jump it, at once. <laughs> <laughs> if it, 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 like Omar Grayson's saying, it is really early. Like people forget that we're only what well, we played. How many weeks? Four weeks of LCS. Um, to write C nine off so early is pretty strange even after one split um i know i guess for a c9 their expectations are different than every other team so winning is like is a must for them um i don't think it would be correct to make any kind of roster change though after one split i think that would be bad decision um as for sven uh i feel like I, th- I can't remember who I was watching recently say this, but they made a point on how Berserker looked stronger, and a, a big part of that might be Sven. Um, it seems it seemed like Sven was able to give Berserker a lot of direction on like his win conditions, his timing when he was strong. Um, so maybe maybe they're lacking that this year with Berserker. It's hard to say, like what Grayson's saying. Um, but I think Sven is going to be a valuable asset to any team he joins he seems like a natural leader he's very vocal obviously um so yeah off the top of my head who would get someone like sven uh who's that shopify no i think b-boy's strong i'm not sure exactly what team but um again he he would be a valuable asset is there space Um, for sven in the league as an adc i mean i'm looking at the list right now uh, I don't really want to na- name names because that would be like really toxic. But but there's only like realistically like one team where I would see like Zven as an AD carry upgrade, uh, for one of the LCS teams, and I don't even think he would want to join that team. Because um, he just left it. I mean, you can say Berserker if you want. Uh, oh no no, I, I think I just think kidding. Berserker is a better AD carry than Sven. Yeah. Um, this is my attempt at a uh, joke. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I don't really see Sven coming back to lcs as an ad carry unless that like that like that team and specifically him decide to like figure something out um and then yeah i do think like uh it's kind of like the same thing about like culture and like over indexing on like mechanical talent um there is like a world where c9 is doing better with svenis support but again he doesn't want it and i think it would be like the wrong decision from the c9 management uh if i was cloud nine um I don't think I would make any roster changes either after spring. Like it's it's kind of toxic, but like you know they probably will want to like shift something with the coaching staff if like the roster really booms in spring, just because how like sports is. Again, don't think that's the right decision either. If I'm C9 at the end of this year and they still don't produce results, um, I would probably index into Blabber and Jojo and kind of reevaluate everything else. Yeah, I think. 
what popped into my head after listening and, and thinking about more. I, I, I don't think they should really... I think all really highly of all their players. I And I think even personality-wise, like, I don't think they have any like problem personalities. I think, if anything, they could uh, add more to the coaching staff. I think Mithy... I actually like Mithy a lot. I think he's been getting a lot of flack, but I think he... He does bring a really good uh, like work culture. I've worked with him before when he was on 100 Thieves. And I think maybe they just don't like have enough coaching staff. Because um, yeah. I I think High is also the assistant coach now, but I think he joined as general manager. I actually don't remember seeing the announcement over like what exactly. He's, is, if he's, he's, a coach. He's, he's, he's a coach and team manager. Oh, he's yeah. a coach now? Yeah, whenever he came on, it was not. I feel like they did yeah. not say coach at all. So that's fascinating to me. He's the assistant uh, coach and team manager, I think. Hey Grayson, I yeah. so you guys have um like how many people do you have in the building besides who's on this call? And then I know that uh, you have Chimera as well. Like how like how many people are like, directly working with your league team in terms of like coaching wise, like every day? Uh, every day, it's like me yeah. and Sam for the most part. Yeah. Um, but I just think that like uh, maybe because of Sam and I's like personalities, it works. Yeah. I think it's not necessarily like. Uh, trying to figure out like the right words for it but i think that all their pieces that c9 has is really good but maybe they just need like one or two more like maybe they bring in zvin as like a a, a positional coach right mm -hmm. so they like that maybe he provides like a seriousness level for the team because i i don't think i think all their pieces are really great so it's hard for me to think about wanting to get rid of any of them so then my my brain just goes to maybe you should add like one more person who like I don't know, can help out. Maybe it's specifically for connecting Blabber and JoJo together. Maybe you get like a mid or jungle player or something like that. Because it, it would feel really weird. Like in the offseason, I think every single team had C9 at hard first. So after a few couple like bad weeks, I don't think it's like a time to panic. It's just like maybe yeah. maybe we should add like another like lint, like uh, another perspective to see how like things are being ran. Because uh, even Mithy, I think Mithy is really good. So I think yeah. you should not like. I don't think they. Sh I think it'd be pretty foolish for them to get rid of him. But I, so I, I agree. I was just like trying to get like where your head's at. I, I guess like another question. If so, like before high, like he was originally announced as a team manager, right? And before that, to my understanding, it was Mithy and then Vigarvi two who was remote. Like, would you like either like for you or Spooks? Like, would you guys be intimidated being the only coach in the building on a day like with that team? Like, like would you? Is that a situ like, situation like going into like before you even take that job as a coach? Like, are you already kind of in the situation where like I'm going to need more, right? Or like I, I want more help. Like I, you don't want to be like just the one guy in the room with them, right? Um, I, I, I don't know. I'm just trying to like I, I'm with you. I'm just trying to get like your perspective. Like if you just don't think like from your perspective as a coach, like there isn't enough already, right? Like or yeah. Yeah, I, I think um when you work with who's there also, I, I'm just thinking like. They do have a lot of leadership, like player yeah, leadership, they do. Or, or at least they should. Um, so generally, unless you have issues gaining the trust of your players, which can happen with veterans, they shouldn't really be struggling too much with leadership. I get mm -hmm. the impression that they're having issues with other areas, whether it's like pressure or just like natural chemistry and it might take them a while to figure it out. That seems to be like what the main issue is. Um, again, it's like, these conversations are kind of hard to have because unless you're like a fly on the wall seeing exactly what's happening, it's hard to make like a educated opinion on the matter. Um, but 
again, I, I don't think they should be struggling with any kind of leadership. Yeah, I I also think like it is a pretty like I, I don't think anyone expected them to be below five hundred. Um, but honestly, like regular season, it, it it really doesn't matter. Like what matters is like performing in playoffs, and I think they're gonna be a team that performs in the best of five. So I, I think if you're a C nine fan, you just like kind of ride it out and see how they perform in a best of series, because at the end of the day, that's what really matters. I will say, I actually, I was always a believer when the the good teams were not performing that they were eventually just going to do well, until what happened with FlyQuest. Oh yeah. <laughs> and so, so now I'm like, I'm like, like I'm seeing the back of my mind. I'm like, wait, can they just like keep? Can it just keep going to shit? Like, is there a world it, where they don't if make? If it does, like, I mean, it's good to me. Is there a world where they don't make playoffs? No, I don't no, think that. No, there is. There is definitely. No, don't. Sam, I will bet on that. I will bet a hundred dollars right now. Oh, I but... thought you were just saying. I don't. Are, like, to be clear, it's, it's I impossible. sure that's yeah, a meme possible. because I don't sure believe within the LCS rule set you're allowed to make financial bets on uh, matches. Um, but <laughs> I'm sure you guys can bet a trip to the bowling alley. Uh, you want to bet on that, thing. Travis? And bet on a bet. <laughs> Loser has to make reservation. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So I have like a little quick little question. Um. So does like JoJo's contract eat into like the coaching budget because it's like so big? In theory, every contract eats into the coaching budget, you know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I hear at hundred T, I hear at hundred T, the coaching budget, uh, you know, sneaks into the the player budget. Actually, I think that's why they had to pick up some more rookies, just because the coaches were demanding so much money. Yeah, Got that's that. it. That's it for sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm loaded. I'm here <laughs> Joseph, I mean, to the caller's question, do you think there's a world where C9 has less coaching because they wanted to bring in JoJo? So it would just be Mippy, no Vigar? Uh, they still have Vigar. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. no, I think, like, I don't think people can really go more bare bones than, like, what the st- staffs are currently. Like, I think all the management have basically, like, been, like, what is the budget amount that like puts our company at like a healthy state and then we can't like go a dollar above that so i would say things have like already yeah things have already like fixed itself to like a very sustainable point so i think moving forward it it should get easier to start adding staff if they need it as like teams are able to pick more, more sponsors this year so but yeah, I mean, I isn't like, that the, to the point though, where like if they all have a hard budget, and one team decides to pick up JoJo at I don't know half a mil or something like that, I don't know what his number is, and everybody else is are picking up midliners at two fifty or two hundred, like that's less money for coaching staff, right? If Jack signed JoJo for half a million dollar, he's literally trolling. Like, like you think about it, there's eight teams, and then like I said before, it's it's all priced. Like it doesn't matter if. Jojo thinks he's worth 500k. If seven other other teams are not offering anywhere close to that, you can literally probably bid under the market value of Jojo and you'll still get him um, because he's joining C9 like as a player. Well, he there was the, wasn't there the the battle between I mean there the reported battles between wasn't it FlyQuest? Gold uh Golden Guardians were in it before they we got were in the, Yes. Yeah, I know we you guys were in it for a little bit and then you bowed out. So I thought it was FlyQuest and C9 that were going head to head for him. So right. like, flight and FlyQuest is not playing by the same rule set as the other seven teams 
At least it seems to be Joseph, right? Like I assume that they're the they're spending more money than anybody else. I can't. I don't think I'm allowed to speak on that, but I, I will say that they're like uh, definitely in like the top part of the league. But yeah. it's the same thing for them. Like they can be top spenders, but like you should be top spending like very, by a very marginal amount um, because of how everyone else is pricing players right now. It sure. just it just wouldn't be very smart. Getting yeah. our economics lesson: supply and demand. <laughs> Papa Smithy says we were this off season, so okay. Well, he's, he's allowed to say it, not not me. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I and I I know that um, Live Sandbox like also made a late push for JoJo too, and I think I don't know if C9 like had to increase their offer because of that or not to JoJo. No. So it's, it's some, the same. There was some it's, EU teams going for him as well. I think at some point. It's, it's yeah. the same thing. It's like that LCK offer is like. It's like it's meaningless until it's from like Genji T1 or like a top team because like there is like no parity in LCK. Like there is a lot of parity in LCS right now, but if you look at LCK every single year, there's like three, four teams dominating, and there's like six teams in the gutter. So like there, even like if his salary like compensation package was double from Fear X, like it just wouldn't make sense for him to go there for his career, um, just because he would be on like a bottom performing team and. I don't, I don't actually know if that would be better for his career in the long run. Okay, Papa Smithy says, we were priced out of JoJo. So C9 beat FlyQuest's offer, Joseph. And FlyQuest is probably the top spender. So I, like, I, I'm just more on the, the side that, like, if, if what you were saying is true, where all the teams are, for the most part, capping their spend at, like, let's say the two to 2.5 mil that riot is giving them every year, then you would think that, uh, see, see, it's the, it's the meme of like, Oh, I can't fit this. Oh wait, maybe I can, you know, and they just pull out the coaching staff budget a little bit to squeeze in the Jojo <laughs> yeah. block. Like I, it feels like that is not too far of a jump to suggest that that's, that's went on there. All right. You're, I mean, if you're scat, you're. I'm not. Maybe you are. You have more information probably than I do. Um, but I, I. It just. It does seem as though C9 is probably paying him. I mean, are we all? Do we think that anybody else in the league is getting paid more money than JoJo? No. Or should be. No. JoJo is JoJo is the biggest contract in the league. He's I, the I'm, king. I can, yeah, I, I, I'm He's very confident about that. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I, I assume that's what's up. And it's not like they have rookies in other spots too, right? So um, I assume that their budget – I mean, actually, I'm really curious. What the, I would – oh, man. I hope that somebody shares with me the uh, – I don't know if Riot sent it out yet, but the, whenever Riot sends out the the salary numbers for every <laughs> every team, the total roster numbers, um, yeah. I would love to see the FlyQuest for C9 ones because uh, – those I like if if C nine is the highest spender in the league, which like now that I think about it, I feel like they could be. That would be super fascinating. Uh, I mean, the you thing have to with... add on our bowling ball fees. Okay, <laughs> yeah. okay. Is, so, is that an expense? Yeah. I I just think some of those. I mean, I guess the reports are like pretty accurate, but the only thing you have to remember is like a lot of these contracts are like scaling. And I don't mean year to year. I mean like, um, some of these contracts are like bonus like incentives for like placing a certain split or like making worlds like i, I do you guys remember like the super infamous tl roster yeah like with uh, uh far that didn't make worlds yes um i think a lot of their contracts were uh 
you know, structured that way. So I don't know what you saw on the spending report that if you saw that, Travis, but the figure that the TL actually paid out was a lot lower. So again, it can be misleading. Who knows? You could be right. I'm trying to pull up what I have right now because it was from, I've had them for the last couple of years uh, and it's, it's taking a second to pull up because it's on my server. But um, I don't think that the numbers that Riot sends to teams include... Yeah, it says contingent bonuses are not included. Equity is also not included. So Yeah, so yeah. I, I think it's like Riot gets like a... Like a uh, Riot GCD summary sheet, right? Yeah. And then there's like a super long form contract that all the players do with the organizations, and I think there's like a lot of legalese there. But again, who knows? We'll 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 see we'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, if anybody has access to these things, please let me know because uh, I'd love to see the 2024 one. I've How been... much is it worth to you, Travis? <laughs> <laughs> one private bowling uh, alley rental. I those are rare these yeah, days. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Joseph yeah, is. I know he can't swing it on his own, but maybe he could get a TGI sponsorship if he's able to uh, for his his bowling night. If I could get access to this data, actually, who am I kidding? I don't have sponsors. I can't afford that shit. Okay, um, that is it. I think for the call, trespasser. Anything you want to shout out here at the end? Uh, yeah, shout out to Spooks for everything he did on Golden Guardians. That was cool. And nice. um. Blabber is go of any that is campaign that I have going on. So yeah, I just sorry I just noticed that Greg, who's the league ops person for Riot, is in the chat right now, <laughs> reacting to all of Greg, all of we, this. Greg, we, Greg, we've been very honest in all of our. Reports. It's a joke. <laughs> yeah, it's also a joke, obviously. It's all for a sure. joke, Greg. It's just uh, this whole show's a joke. Uh, Trespasser again. Thank you. Sorry for I got distracted from your shoutouts, but I do appreciate the call, <laughs> and uh, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for the call. Thank you, guys. Have a good night. See ya. All right. Twitch chat and YouTube, I guess. Don't go anywhere. I'm going to stream a... Uh, I'm going to premiere a video in a second, which is my argument against the best of three thing and why I think it's a scam. It'll probably hit the YouTube channel next week, but if you are a member or of the YouTube channel or a sub, you can see the rough cut. I'm going to air it here as soon as the show's done and after, after I do a two-minute bounty. Uh, but before we get to that, also want to shout out or go around and do our shout outs and thank uh, the 100 Thieves folks for coming on. So first off, Cubby, what uh, what do you want to shout out here? What Any plugs, anything you want to plug here at the end? Uh, no, just uh, thanks like for joining us as a whole staff. It was really nice talking with you guys and getting some different perspectives. Like uh, I think all you guys you know, gave the callers a lot of good answers and um yeah i mean whatever's going on in your guys's camp this split it's definitely look good from the outside hope it's going well on the inside and um yeah it's, it's been really fun to watch you guys do well with all these young guys that i've been watching for a while um as for me i'm cubby xx everywhere thanks for having me again travis it's always fun and i am off i'm not on challenges this week and there's no lcs so my my parents have a brand new retirement place to have so i'm gonna go play some golf with my dad it's his birthday next week so nice that's hell that's yeah week. yeah are you Cubby? You said you're Cubby XX everywhere. Are you Cubby XXX anywhere? No, that's uh. There have been quite a few. Uh, you know, Bob Smithy and Kelsey Moser have been trying to get that campaign going, but esports winner will never hit that hard for me. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. It, I, I never I don't say have the never. Guns to show off. You know? We all get desperate that's at some point. points in time. Okay. Uh, Spooks, where where do you want to plug? Anything you want to shout out here at the end? 
Oh yeah, hang on. Let me check my what my Twitter link is. Oh, there we go. All right, Spooks OC on Twitter. I need followers, so follow me. <laughs> OC or uh, OCE? Spooks OCE. Wait, okay. let me. I'll type it in. Sure. Boom. Damn. Uh, and then shout out to Hundred Thieves followers. I will say Hundred Thieves is a really good organization. I'm just glad to be here. Um. So and thanks for you. You guys for following us makes uh makes every day worthwhile and keeps us motivated to keep winning. And then shout out to my wife and dogs, keeping me going every day. And that's that's it. Joseph, how about you? Uh, shout out to uh Sam's wife and dogs. He doesn't <laughs> shut up about his wife and dogs every single day at the <laughs> office. Um, no, like I think just shout out to all the fans. Uh, I think. Uh. The more I move into management, the more I realize how important like community and like how that always has to be like the center centerpiece of everything that we do. So really appreciate everyone that follows LCS, Hotline League, Hundred Thieves. Um, hopefully, we'll do some more of these in the future if Travis will have us. Yeah, love to do yeah. that. Golden Glue, how about you? Uh, yeah, I want to shout out to to our players. I think you guys should all go out follow them, all five of them. Uh, I think it doesn't matter how good me and Spooks are as coaches. It's if they're not listening. Uh, so I think they should be getting all the credit or maybe even more credit than what they're getting. And uh, just shout out all the fans who are supporting us, who supported me. And yeah, and if my mom ends up watching this, shout out to you, to Flying Mom as well. Yeah. Nice. I think she, she was at LCS recently. She came up to me, right? I think, and was like, oh, you don't you might not remember me, but I was here pretty sure that was that that seems very possible yeah uh all right uh for me i will be in chicago this weekend at magic con chicago i'm leaving on thursday to go there i'm mark very conveniently decided to place a three maybe even four week break depending on how you think about it, in the middle of the split so that i could go to chicago that was so nice of him to allow my magic hobby to flourish so if you are in chicago and you're going to magic con please come say hi uh if you are go hang out in the discord my discord and uh hang out in the magic gathering channel and let me know that you're going to go there because i'm going to try to do either like a tgi draft or tgi commander games or something so also big shout out to steven with another 50 dollars super chat 504 caesar for 20 bucks bob and george who gifted a membership and adam who became a member thanks everyone for watching this has been hotline league we'll see you next week